Good evening. You are listening to Free Talk Live. It's the live Sunday edition with me, Stephanie. And Mark. Yay. So, Mark, we're in a little bit. We've switched roles a little bit tonight. Yeah, yeah. Just shake shake things up. Yep. So, uh. Now I have the ring of power. That's right. It corrupts. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm going to tell you, you saw what happened to Gollum. I know. I it will try not well. to get like that. And uh, if, if you have any thoughts that you would like to discuss with us tonight, because, of course, Free Talk Live is the show where you can call in and talk about whatever's on your mind with us. You can call us at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. It would be wonderful to hear your thoughts this evening. But, Mark, there's something in the news that's been, well... Rather disturbing. This is something that I definitely think if we asked Americans maybe five or ten years ago if they ever thought this would happen, they would say, oh, no, 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 that could never happen here. Not in America. Yeah, exactly. But that is becoming uh, a a rarer phrase, I guess, these days. People are basically accepting any form of tyranny that the government attempts to cram down their throats it seems it, it, it does tyranny in this company country does seem to be growing um and it does it's really surprising what we'll take in this post 9-11 world that mm-hmm. we would have never taken prior to it yeah and it's all in the name of safety and security right they love to scare you so that you'll accept whatever they would like to do well if the um if the terrorists came for our freedom then they got they it. they got it yeah exactly so this I, i've got an article i'd like to read here it's from examiner.com and it's from uh it's uh, it's excuse me. It's by Angel Clark, who is actually a radio host that mm-hmm. uh, we are acquainted with. And the headline is words that will get your website on a government watch list. Social media monitoring. So the Department of Homeland Security makes fake Twitter and Facebook profiles for the specific purpose of scanning the networks for, quote, sensitive words. So which kind of profiles? What uh, they make f- fake profiles on Twitter and Facebook. OK. And then they scan using these profiles for for words. Mm-hmm. And how do they scan? I mean, you, you would have to do they friend people? I suppose they do. And actually, if you've logged into Facebook lately, you might have noticed that on Facebook, now they group the posts and it'll say th- something like uh, in your feed, four people have posted things about Mark Edge. Uh-huh. Right. I and, haven't seen that. OK. Oh, really? OK. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe it's an update that only got pushed out to some people. Timeline. But yeah. I often see when I log in. It'll say like four of your friends posted about Rick Santorum or Ron Paul or the Free State Project or something like that. They do group them together. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. So I think what they're doing is in those posts, they're identifying keywords. And Facebook has made it easier for the government there. Big surprise, because we know that they (laughs) they're they're not exactly on unfriendly terms with each other. Mm. They kind of help each other out. Um, And so they'll group these posts together and often it's by a political keyword you know often it's it's by something you know you'll see the post group by Ron Paul or by they Mitt Romney yeah. or whatever so um just a little interesting thing to notice there um so they make the department of homeland security has been making these fake accounts on social networks to watch for sensitive words in quotes and to track people who use them so i guess maybe they're sending people friend requests or following them and or things like that Right. I, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't accept friend requests from anybody I don't know. But yeah. I, but I, how do you know that someone you know is maybe a, an informant or something? It's it certainly the possibility exists, but I'm, I'm decreasing the chances. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. And some people and are if very somebody's watching me. If the government's spending time watching me, they're wasting their time. Yeah. You know, I feel oh my the God, same this guy way. spends an inordinate amount of time on Farmville. <laughs> right. Good Lord. They, they probably love that because it's a, a distraction. I right? wish they'd send me more radishes. 
okay, if anybody out there has radishes, I don't send know. them to Mark. I, I don't play Farmville. I'm just uh, making you know Farmville jokes <laughs> that I have no idea of. Right. Well, you know, on Facebook, there people have different levels of who they'll accept as their friends, right? Some people are very sort of promiscuous about that, for lack of yeah, a better oh, word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Evangelical. <laughs> They're sure. out making friends all over. And it makes sense if you would like to promote a business or have some ideas that you really want to spread. Mm-hmm. It's really for the purpose of... You're sharing things with other people. You want them to absorb your information, right? You could be an extrovert of the sort that you want people to, you know, listen to your, uh, you know, profound things that you write on. <laughs> on you know, it, I can say that I used to be that way. At this point, I, I'm not interested, not at all. <laughs> yeah, well, some people say that Facebook sort of plays off of people's narcissism because people just want a bunch of friends and a bunch of followers mm-hmm. and to feel like they're being heard and listened to, right? And. Uh, it's sort of I could see how that could be exploited if you were somebody who is in the business of, of tracking others or maybe trying to gather sensitive information to use against them later. It's not hard to get accepted as a friend. You just uh, put an attractive woman as your, uh, you know, your, your photo there and you're, you're in. That's sort of a tip off for me when I see, um, you know, a very attractive woman. Yeah. And then it says in the interests like anarchism and guns and you know like things that are you know you wouldn't really associate with somebody like that i guess and and maybe it has a little bit of a violent tinge i'm like oh wow that's pretty obvious that it's not somebody i'd like i to don't get be those friends with. Um, but i do get a lot of these sort of what i assume are robots uh, mm-hmm. or something like that fake profiles to get me to go to one of these websites that tricks men into i don't know what exactly it does but they'll yeah. have attractive women that you know really a bunch of attractive women want to be my friend really <laughs> yeah that's happening well, right. And bots are another thing because they can gather information about you, right? And that could be, I mean, Facebook does this anyway, right? It ga- gathers your demographic information. Sure. It gathers information about what Those you like. Those are important things that advertisers want to know. Absolutely. And, and they're valuable. And so. And when you go on to Facebook, what you're, give, what you're exchanging for the Facebook experience and, is your information. And it must be valuable because a lot of people spend time on there is who you are and your ability to be advertised to. There mm-hmm. are um, different browsers that one can have that would uh, you know prevent the the ads from coming up but that doesn't mean they're not selling your information yeah absolutely and you really do have to kind of keep an eye on your uh, privacy settings as well because sometimes they'll like how to work them well yeah i mean sometimes you'll see posts going around that say oh facebook is trying to use your image as to advertise whatever viagra or you know whatever facebook is dying to use my image go ahead (laughs) (laughs) well some i mean have you ever seen an ad pop up on the side of your screen that says uh, so-and-so, who's your Facebook friend, likes this product or this um, TV show. Yeah, I've show. seen that, but I haven't seen a picture with it. I've just seen the name. Yeah, I think at one point, maybe they don't do this anymore, but I think at one point they were doing that. They would use their friend's picture to say, this friend likes this thing on Sometimes Facebook. they'll have pictures that are completely unrelated to the topic. Like, it'll be a, a young woman with a big rack, and it says, refi now for 2.1%, as <laughs> if, you know, like that has anything to do with it. Yeah, it's pretty blatant, I know. Yeah, I've seen ones that say become a drug abuse counselor or something like that. Yeah, it has like a punk rock kid on it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So I guess it's just blatantly trying to get people to look at it uh, at the cost of... I don't know, that your dignity or your... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's not worth much. <laughs> so back to this article. article. Simply using a word or phrase from the DHS's watch list could mean that spies from the government read your posts, investigate your account, and attempt to identify you from it, according to an online privacy group. The words which Who's attract... Who's the online privacy group? Uh, it doesn't say here. I guess okay. they're, they're so private, they don't want you to know who they are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the words which attract. I got to take their word for it. Yeah, the words which attract attention uh, 
range from ones seemingly related to diseases or bioweapons, such as, quote, human to animal and, quote, outbreak, to other more obscure words such as drill and strain. So these aren't really the words that I would picture most when I think of what words would get you on a a terror watch list. I would think maybe bomb or attack or, I don't know, something like that. But but you'd have to have an algorithm that that captures combinations of words and not just simple, simple words. I mean, I know the government doesn't do things very well or complex or take into account really any subtleties. But it seems like if you set a filter on on Facebook or a social network for anybody who posts the word outbreak or strain or even human to animal, you're going to get a lot of junk and some human probably has to sift through all the junk. And so at what point is there diminishing returns because you get so much information back that you can't really weed through it if you're the government and you're trying to get uncover plots and stuff? Well, you know, at some point they will be watching so thoroughly that they're going to need two uh, law enforcement officers for every individual. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and, <laughs> and obviously then that's uh, everybody who's sitting on Facebook watching keywords is a person who's not in the marketplace producing something. Absolutely. They're not making turning widgets into widgets or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're not making money. And, and you're forced for the, to pay them whether you want to or not. People who work for government are, grass, are you know, lesser and, and greater to extent in, inefficient. You know, garbage men, they're picking up garbage. <laughs> but, you know, the marketplace can do it more efficiently. Absolutely. So do you have stories about being watched online? Are you scared about this? Call us 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live and there's more coming up. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. It's Stephanie here with you. And Mark. And we thank you for joining us this evening. Free Talk Live, in case you haven't heard, is a show that enables you to call in and bring up whatever's on your mind. And we do love listener calls. So please reach out and touch us at 855-450-FREE. Yes, Mark. I I just wanted to point out that you can uh, go to the website. And not only is it an interactive program where you can call in at 855-450-3733, but you can go to the website at freetalklive.com and you can link to your blog posts or news stories that you found that you think are important, videos, that kind of thing. Put a little put a little tag on them and people will uh, be voted up, voted down. They'll, they'll, they'll take a look at what you've got there. You get a lot of eyes. I think it's 60,000 unique visitors per it, month. It has 70, been 000. ranked as one of the top libertarian websites, the oh, Free yeah, Talk it's, Live it's, site. It's in the top two, I believe. It's big. I, I can't believe it's top two. Um, we'll, we'll say top ten. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely top ten. Because there's like Cato and Lou Rockwell. We're not going to hold a candle to those guys. <laughs> but I don't know. I think it comes pretty close, actually. Actually. But yeah, Free Talk Live's website is very unique and it's gotten critical acclaim from many places. It's very good. And you can go there and uh, certainly get lots. Of, we were just talking about Facebook and get lots more eyes on uh, whatever post you have there than, than, than you can at Facebook. 
Yeah, and there's this interactive aspect where you can hear us talk about your story on the show. Indeed. So we are going straight to the calls this evening. We've got already got some coming in. I'd like to bring on Kelvin in Colorado. Kelvin, are you with us? Yes, I am. Hey, Stephanie and gentlemen. Hey, <laughs> gentle person. What's on your mind, Kelvin? Oh, per- person. Okay. Uh, uh, let's see. Now you guys made me nervous talking about how many people are listening. Uh, it's anyway, just you and me I, having, uh, a, having a conversation. That's, that's what I keep in the back of my mind, and I just, like, forget about the rest of it. Anyway, uh, I went to uh, Liberty Forum, and it was a blast. Yeah. Yes, uh, the Free State Project's Liberty Forum, which was last weekend uh, at the, at, in Nashua, Nashua, New Nashua Hampshire. Nashua Crown Plaza Hotel. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Lots of people were there, probably 500 people over the course of the weekend, which was great. Great turnout. And, of course, if you want to... If you're curious about the Free State Project, you can find out more about them at uh, freestateproject.org. They've got another event coming up called Porcupine Freedom Festival, which is in the summer. It's a little more laid back. But uh, what were your impressions of the Liberty Forum, Kelvin? Is it your first trip to New Hampshire? Uh, Yes, it was my first time in New Hampshire, and it was uh, incredible, the energy, uh, being around all the the people that, uh, like you guys kept saying, oh, you're around people that get it already and and it was amazing because you felt this sort of instant connection to these people that were in essence strangers but that you knew fundamentally uh were were your friends you just haven't met them yet (laughs) one thing that i've i've found is that people that are visiting from outside of new hampshire that come to liberty forum are so much more awed by the liberty (laughs) forum than folks in new hampshire it's nice to go if you live in new hampshire it's nice to go to the liberty forum it's really fun get to see all the speakers and lots of uh, you know new people and people you know and it's a it's a great opportunity but for folks from outside who live in this uh you know they're they're floating in the sea of of tyranny there's you know people just don't get their ideas i live on a day-to-day basis talking to people that understand the ideas of liberty as i understand them Mm -hmm. and it's it's something that i totally uh you know take for granted whereas folks that are visiting from outside they they're just this is one of the reasons that people will often just pick up and move right after one of these (laughs) events yeah it's very exciting and i can relate to that too mark because i used to live in massachusetts which is widely considered one of the most tyrannical places in the u.s right next door to new hampshire exactly and it's it's kind of ironic that they are so close geographically but i'm one of those like in new hampshire they refer to people who come from massachusetts and move to new Hampshire and sort of bring their big government ideas as sometimes they call them mass holes. Mm-hmm. They do. <laughs> or sometimes. they have other terms for them. But I, I'm one of those, but I've I have liberty ideas, so I guess I <laughs> I guess I don't count in the in the uh the bad bunch. But uh Go on with Kelvin. What, yeah, please what was your go experience? on Kelvin. <laughs> well it sounds similar to uh, in the West where I've lived uh, all my life. And in that case it's the Californians that are coming they ruined their state, and now they're coming to our state and bringing all their ideas and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, back on the uh, subject of Facebook, uh, I knew I was going to be meeting a lot of people at Liberty Forum, and I knew that uh, Facebook was pretty much, you know, how people uh, communicate these days, and I've resisted it for years and years and years because I have privacy concerns about it. And Did you finally cave like to the peer pressure? <laughs> I I finally did because... I didn't know how else I would be able to keep in touch with all these people I was going to meet. But now I have to go out and figure out how to operate all this stuff because mm-hmm. I'm uh, you know, flying blind right now, and I need, I need to go out on the web and 
and find out what the best practices are for, you know, this friending thing and so-and-so is a friend of another friend and, and what, you know, what does that actually entail? And then there's close friends and, you know, I, I just have to sort out a whole bunch of stuff. But uh, yeah, anyway, you know, uh, Kelvin, I, I'd like to add some thoughts on that if possible. Most people don't know best practices for Facebook, including myself. But go <laughs> ahead. Well, yeah, that's just the thing. I think everybody has to find where their comfort level is. And it depends on what your goals are for using social media. Are you just trying to share your message with as many people as possible? You know, how public are you going to be? Do you, does it really matter to you how many people are reading your stuff that you post? Or do you want to keep it more intimate? And what I say, Kelvin, the the overarching theme of this for me is that, you know, we like liberty and we're talking about peace and voluntary interactions and all this stuff is there's nothing wrong with it. Right. It's not illegal to talk about peace yet. Anyway, I mean, but we're not in the wrong here. That's the thing that we have to remember. We're not the crazy ones. You know, we're not talking about violence. We're talking about peace and love, for lack of a better term. Well, I, I agree with what you're saying, and I'm not really interested in, in that so much as just personal privacy. But you know, I, I see. I went to uh, King. I went to King while I was there, and was there for some of the activism that happened uh, at the courthouse. And there were things there that were not illegal and should not be a problem for anybody. But yet, uh, people got handcuffed and put in a cage and extorted money from and. You know, all kinds of other stuff. So, sure. As, Although, as how do you, I mean, you have to draw the line somewhere, though, don't you? Like, how, how much are you going to curb your behavior because you fear the social consequences or, or fear consequences from the law even, right? How free are you if you're constantly having to censor yourself about what you say online? Exactly, uh, and you've got to walk that line. I mean, like you had mentioned earlier, the, the pre-9-11 world was a totally different place than the place we have now. And mm. what if uh, something else happens that's either, even worse? Uh, you know, people are going to be, you know, see something, say something, and, you know, turn in your neighbor for a ham sandwich or whatever. <laughs> uh, so, so I could just see that uh, it's it's conceivable that, uh, that things could get a lot uh worse someday and people that are like trying to assert their their freedoms will be considered you know domestic terrorists or something yeah, that's think, already happening i now. think that's already so, happening yeah exactly yeah, yeah so anyway that's just one of uh that's another concern so, about being too out there with it but kelvin i i do thank you for the call tonight that's interesting to hear your thoughts and i do hope you come back and to new hampshire it was nice to meet you yeah me too i enjoyed meeting kelvin in person as well And this is Free Talk Live. We're coming back with more at 855-450-FREE if you'd like to share your thoughts with us. It's Free Talk Live. Fallen Angel Toys is a tasteful company for adult desires and fetish fantasy. Thousands of items. Vibrators, literature, blindfolds, lubes, and more. Great for bachelorette parties or serious lifestylers. We're a family-owned business with new specials every week, discreet packaging and shipping, and safe, secure checkout through PayPal. Use code FDL at checkout for 25% off your first time. No minimum purchase required. That's FallenAngelToys.com. This is Free Talk Live. 
Welcome to the show. I'm Stephanie. And Mark. And you can call in if you have thoughts you'd like to share with us this evening at 855-450-FREE. We love listener calls. And did you know that there are many different ways to listen to Free Talk Live? If you visit listen.freetalklive.com, you can check out the live streams, how to get us on the radio in your local radio station, uh, also satellite and webcam listening options, as well as the listen lines. So if you're curious about any of those or you want to find out more ways to get Free Talk Live in your ears seven nights a week, because we are here every night, uh, you can go to listen.freetalklive.com. The state owns the land, but they don't own the water. To be free today, you'd need a boat, and not just any boat, a life yacht. A life yacht is a stable, it, it, it is a conception of a stable catamaran as big as a house that purifies its own water, generates its own power, grows its own food, and has a shallow draft to be able to get a four-wheel drive car or SUV ashore. With a life yacht, you would be free from nearly any government intrusion and have a seashore home anywhere in the world. To be involved... Is all you need is a thousand dollars and the commitment of as few as eight months. Go check out EricksonCouncil.com. We actually have a, a banner at FreeTalkLive.com if you can't if, if you can't find EricksonCouncil.com. But uh, you know I didn't have any trouble. It's C's, not K's. EricksonCouncil.com. And it has a little nifty picture of a boat. On There's it. a boat there. Easy right? to find. <laughs> so Mark, we've been discussing this article about. Something very disturbing about the Department of Homeland Security scanning social networks for keywords yeah. to get you with or something. And, and do they have a list of all these words? I mean, you mentioned a few of them, which the, don't the list seem is, to drill. I the mean, list is too long to read on air without boring the listeners out of their minds. But okay. it has some really innocuous seeming words. Are there some big ones like um, uh, pandemic? Uh, you know, does it? Some of them are like that, but illegal immigrant is one of them. I mean. How many people talk about illegal immigrants online? I mean, a lot. Not, not even just saying like, oh, so-and-so is an illegal immigrant, right? But just mentioning that phrase apparently will get you triggering one of their filters that puts you on their little investigation list. Uh, you know, to it some sounds extent, it's, unreal. it's a good thing because it's essentially they'll be so busy investigating so much innocuous stuff that they won't get anything done. Yeah. But the bad thing is, is that, you know, you and I have to pay for this nonsense, Absolutely. I think I remember reading a couple of months ago that they were hiring like 90,000 people to screen through all this garbage of people's Twitter posts and Facebook posts. It's the new, um, what do they call all those uh, work programs that FDR came up with? Uh, oh, yeah. They, I know what you, you mean. I, I, I can't even remember what the, the CCC. Yeah, they had, they had a bunch of different. Civilian Conservation Corps or something. WRN or whatever. Yeah. You know, they're just a bunch alphabet of three-letter al- alphabet soup agencies. <laughs> but, you know, at least those guys build bridges and stuff. Um, you know, I, this I isn't they even were, doing anything. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, there are still bathrooms in America that you can use that were built built by these folks. Sure. They have value. Um, <laughs> now, I'm not saying that you they they were paid for um, in, in an efficient fashion. Yeah, you're, you're paying champagne prices for beer there yeah. if, if you get any work at all. Didn't they have some people that they put to work in the 1930s just digging ditches and then some people filling them back in, like literally? That sounds like a story to me. Hmm. I well, don't know. We weren't around then, Mark, Indeed. so I guess we can't give a first hand. Somebody account. will call in to either uh, confirm or deny that story. Yes, at 855-450-FREE-FREE. Uh, 3733. 3733, yep. yeah. Uh, but, Mark, some of these words... Okay, outbreak, drill, strain, we already covered those, but some of them are just names of of federal agencies. If you mention the Department of Homeland Security, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, the Coast Guard even, the Border Patrol. What happens if you like these? 
Now, what happens if you like a post? That's <laughs> I don't it? know. Or I guess if you post something that they approve of that includes one of these buzzwords, then mm-hmm. they say, then they dismiss you. But I guess what you mentioned before, Mark. The people at the Department of Homeland Security look really good in pink tutus. I mean, is that good <laughs> or bad? I'm not sure. I think it's just uh, just garbage, maybe. <laughs> but that's the monkey wrench that we can exploit here. Because, I mean, if they really do have filters that just catch whenever you say the name of uh, a government agency, they're going to have so much stuff in their filters that they're not going to be able to separate anything valuable from all of that stuff. Right. And this so, is what the government does. It works inefficiently. Yeah. So um, what's the source? Uh, how, do we, how do we know that, uh, the, 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 you know, what is there? Because well, oftentimes the articles yeah. won't. It says will an, source. Sometimes they won't. It's hard to say. It says an online privacy group. And okay. I don't know. This, this is, article is, is from. Is there a link through? No, there's okay. no link. Okay. It's kind of strange. Yeah. This article is from Angel Clark. And so maybe she would be willing to reveal it. Maybe not. I, I don't tend know. tend to think she does her research. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I trust her because we, we do know her and she's very great on the civil liberties stuff. But it's an extensive list here. And uh, what some other words, drug, gang, violence. Drug. Drug cartel. Gang, violence. Mexico. I mean, you're posting your travel plans to Mexico and you suddenly get on one of these watch lists. It's just... It's just going to catch so much crap. I mean, there's no it, way they could sort through all this. You know, it makes me wonder, you know, most of the time it's, it seems innocuous, right? They go through, they find a bunch of stuff and, you know, they can't get. But what happens when an agent says, you know, I got to get this promotion, man. And for whatever reason targets you. Sure. You know, whatever the reason might be, then you get in this Kafka-esque uh, and this really is that Kafka. Ad. I mean, that, that, that's what the term means. Yeah. Um, you know, where the the government's coming after you for no reason. It's bizarre. It doesn't make any sense. Why have you got caught up in the machinations here? And yeah. you know, what does it mean? How do you get out of it? Uh, the mire of it. I. You know. I mean, it, it, it's it's frightening. So apparently they've already been doing this, and we already know that the Federal Reserve, there was a big article that came out just a while ago that said the Federal Reserve was on Twitter, and they had some profile on there that would catch everything with the hashtag of and the Fed or Mm -hmm. anything about Ben Bernanke or Federal Reserve or anything like that. So they've already been watching it, but apparently this is extending to other government agencies. And I think the Fed was just looking at it from their PR department just yeah, to that's, see that's what kind people of what were I was saying. The, the Fed is, is quasi-governmental. Mm-hmm. Um, it is somewhat government and a somewhat government agency, but it's really not, um, you know, I mean, they, they have a, certainly a strong relationship with the government. So, you know, maybe they want to put out, find out what people are saying in order to be able to put out news that spins the other direction, that kind of thing, to be able to address concerns that are being said about them. Yeah. And, you know, what do I have to say about that? It's like, okay, well, you know, anything that can be said bad about the Fed, I'm for it. But when the government's watching, you're talking about an agency that claims the monopoly privilege on the use of violence. Mm-hmm. If for whatever reason, and has just decided that it can, you know, grab Americans, throw them in jail without uh, without trials. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I mean, I, I find this very frightening. And they do have these zero tolerance policies, too, don't they, Mark? They Do you remember the story of that British couple who tweeted something about we're going to L.A. to dig up Marilyn Monroe's grave? And they yeah. just they just meant they were going to party. Right. Right. But somebody from the government somehow saw that. And they were detained at the airport when they got asked to the- questions about digging up uh, Marilyn Monroe's grave. I mean, it's bizarre. Right. Yeah. So we know that they don't have a sense of humor and they do have these sort of zero tolerance policies and they have very strict little regulations about what that they follow to the letter without thinking about them or anything. Indeed.
Yeah. So that's the most concerning thing to me. So some other highlights of this list, San Diego is on the list. I mean, it's just the word San Diego, San Diego, you're well, a terrorist. If you say San Diego bizarre is putting Mexico on, I suppose. Subway is on the list. Okay. If you say subway, uh, if you say metro, I mean, it's... Is it's it, does it have to be subway with a, a lowercase s, or can you have the uppercase s talking about the sandwich shop, too? I think it would catch both. Wait, De- we can't be letting the, the terrorists get through, Mark. Well, the make terrorists it have good grammar, right? Gotta cast a wide net. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this, this is pretty much all I wanted to say about this, but it's important to get this message out there. And 855-450-FREE, 855 855- Four five zero three seven three three. If do you, you think have this makes any sense, this. right? I mean, yeah. you know, if if is this a good use of the government's time? Because <laughs> you know, there's generally somebody out there that thinks that you know the government needs to grow in some area or another that it can solve a particular problem in some area. I tend to think that that's not the case, but uh, you know, I, I I guess I need to hear other ideas on this because I really don't see how the government looking for things like subway, San Diego, Mexico, and and illegal alien on Facebook is going to solve anything. Exactly. Or maybe you've gotten caught up in the government's dragnet on this. If you want to share your story about that, we'd certainly welcome it. One more time, 855-450-FREE to get in touch with us tonight. This is Free Talk Live, and we got more coming up about breastfeeding. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. You are listening to Free Talk Live. I'm Stephanie. And Mark. And we welcome you to the show. 855-453 is the number where you can call... With whatever's on your mind, we do like to hear about what you're thinking about, so feel free to give us a call. And I'd like to direct you to news.freetalklive.com because it's a great place where you can learn all the newest news about the show. If you want to get updates about our affiliates or what's going on with the show or when we interview a guest, you can do that. Get emailed updates, follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and... I bet Free Talk Live will probably set off some of those filters on the Department of Homeland Security's side. Seems likely. <laughs> yeah. So you can experience that firsthand over at news.freetalklive.com. Yeah, we have uh, you know the opportunity. You can like our Facebook page thing and you know people post there. And, yeah. <laughs> right. I'm sure this that newfangled uh, contraptions. We, we make uh, we're you know obviously anybody can like it. So you <laughs> know whatever's happening there is whatever's happening there. Exactly. So now we're going to talk about something. Exciting. Well, it's exciting to some people. Some people don't care. Some people get really upset about it. But uh, Mark, do you know who Beyonce is? Yes. She's a um, a young woman uh, performer. She's black. That's about what I know. Mm -hmm. And she's really popular. Like she's not just, uh, you know, just your run of the mill. I mean, she's the big time. Yep. Would she be to the level of a diva? I would consider her a diva. Sure. Yeah. 
I mean, she's uh, yeah, she's very popular music. She's married to Jay Z. Okay, and they, didn't know that they just had a little daughter named Blue Ivy, and she's about seven weeks old. I right did now. hear a story about a, a baby named Blue Ivy. Yeah, it's an unusual name, almost like the Moon Unit Zappa, right? Not quite <laughs> that celebrities good. Celebrities, yeah, but name their kids unusual things. But well, Frank Zappa, you know, I mean, he, he prided himself on that whole unusual thing. Yeah, there was Dweezil and Dweezil and Moon, Moon Unit, Unit are the ones I recall. Yep, those were those were probably the best. Penn Jillette named his uh, daughter Moxie Crime Fighter. Wow, yeah. that's, that's awesome. And uh, the the guy Kevin Smith, who does uh, Clerks and mm-hmm. uh, what is it is it Chasing Amy's the movie and Dogma. Yes, um, his uh, his daughter's name's Harley Quinn, named after the Joker uh, sidekick the 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 Batman, the Batman villain Joker. His sidekick is named Harley Quinn, I so see. she's named Harley Quinn. Very creative. So, yeah. y- y- Mark, I was going to name my child Thor Stormbringer. But Your wife didn't like that. It just wasn't flying between the uh, the, the phalanx <laughs> of uh, you know um, um, the grandma and uh, my wife. Uh, we, I just couldn't get it passed. I did do some <laughs> negotiating afterwards and and got what I want. But I'll tell you, I did an end run around uh, around my mother for getting involved in this, and I have uh, taught my son to call her Muffy, and so. <laughs> Wow. No, just just to, you know, but <laughs> lots of kids have different uh, names for their grandparents. Sure, they so, can get away with it. Uh, yep, yep. So uh, now it's, it's his muffy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there are people who do whole research studies on which names correlate with greater financial success like later on in life. Mm-hmm. I think there's something like Michaels and Johns tend to be more successful uh, names that sound either traditionally masculine or feminine, whatever that means, is, right. is, seem to be more successful other than, uh, you know, as opposed to androgynous sounding ones. I think that's what I heard. But in any case, Blue Ivy got some lunch in public. Okay. <laughs> I, I get what you're coming from. Yeah. Uh, I- so, yeah, here's the headline from ABC News. Uh, breastfeeding advocates praise Beyonce for nursing daughter in public. Breastfeeding advocates are rejoicing and praising Beyonce after the pop star was spotted breastfeeding her seven-week-old daughter, Blue Ivy, while dining at New York's, New York City's some restaurant with her husband, Jay-Z. And so I guess they were all eating lunch, and she just started feeding her baby right there at lunch. And if you're breastfeeding, I mean, it's a, it's as, as, as normal of an activity as um, you know there is. But some people consider it obscene or, you know, titillating, I guess. Or- you know, I think I've changed my position on this one over time. Yep. I used to be kind of uh, rigid about it. and You my thought wife, it was inappropriate? I do think that one can do it inappropriately. Okay. Um, you know, it's, uh, there's, <sighs> when mothers breastfeed in public, they can just make it you know, so you can't see anything. I mean, you know, there's lots of women sure. here um, in New Hampshire. This is kind of uh, one of those places, the southwestern New Hampshire, one of those places where people, you know, they're a little more hippie. And then the Free State Project. <laughs> nothing which, wrong which, with that. Nothing wrong. With, I'm just saying. Um, and the Free State Project, you know, there's certainly people that think outside the box here. So I've seen a lot of women breastfeeding in public in the last two years. Yeah. And rarely do I say to myself by looking at it, that's that's awful. Um, I, you know, I just don't. what what situation would you say that if if any? I, you know, I think that you could push it too far. by let's just say you took your whole shirt off, okay, and decided to breastfeed in that manner. What if you were like in a dark movie theater or something? Well, why would you want to take your shirt off in the first place? I don't think so it matters. So it's more comfortable. I don't know. I guess. I mean, you know, they have lots of clothing that makes this uh, very comfortable. 
you know, I'd say that 99% plus uh, the time, you know, you're not paying any attention. You don't see it. If you do see it, you give them their, you know, you just look, kind of look away. I mean, it's a social situation where you, you, you don't spend time trying to, well, can I see the smallest amount of boob there? You know, <laughs> that would be inappropriate, but. You know, there's sometimes you see a little bit of boob, and it's okay. It's just skin. It's you don't actually see the uh, the areola. Sure. I mean, you know, these same women could sit could be walking with, around with pasties. They could right? yeah. if they wanted to, and it would be well within the law or whatever. And uh, well, I don't care so much about the law, but I like the fact that this is being normalized. I guess. I mean, because what more natural a function could you imagine than feeding a baby, right? And that's really where I come down. I am a uh, social conservative, um, generally, uh, you know, in my life, and it needs to be, things need to be normalized in order for me to accept them. And they have been when it comes to breastfeeding. Okay. You know, I've been, it's it's normal to me now. Do you think this has changed, like, over your lifetime? Do you remember... Earlier nobody experience. Breast, nobody breastfed when I was. I mean, breastfeeding in my life is a relatively new phenomenon. Yeah. I mean, it's well, just. Well, not only have you just recently had children. Sure. For the first and I'm time. around more people with kids. There's no doubt about it. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't claim otherwise, but it just, I, I, you know, I, I don't think. I think that a lot more women are breastfeeding than they used to. Yeah. And it's I think interesting. Part, of, part of that is because of the, the health benefits that have been recent, kind of relatively recently discovered or popularized about breast milk like it has antibodies that protect the baby from germs you know the mother's antibodies go into the milk and it has all kinds of nutritious stuff that you just can't get in formula and so i think once that information started to come out and people really believed it there was more of a push for acceptance of breastfeeding in public as a normal thing and there were groups like la leche league which Mm -hmm. was really um instrumental in getting doing sort of activism about breastfeeding and this managed um to I mean, it's hard to imagine, but this it, it, the, this is a real success for advocates of breastfeeding, and I am an advocate of breastfeeding. Um, I'm not necessarily an advocate of uh, you know breastfeeding out in the open with the, you know running free, buck naked, and um, but I'm an advocate of breastfeeding. Well, but, but I, okay. I'm just saying that. The, uh, let me tell about All the right. economics of it before okay. we go on. There are there's advertising dollars behind. Gerber and these companies that sell the, you know, the Similac and, oh, yes. and these, there's huge advertising budgets. There's no reason for anyone to advertise for breastfeeding. The only <laughs> reason that you would be before breastfeeding is because you thoroughly believe in it. And the, the tide has been pushed backwards to the point that these companies are saying mother's milk is best. But sure. if you can't use whatever. And a lot of people can't. Right? And, and they can't. They, and they feel pressure probably, I think, because it is looked at as like the best option or the the healthiest for your baby. And so some people, some women, I think, feel a lot of pressure to breastfeed when maybe it's not convenient or they they can't physically do it or, you know, for some reason they lose their milk or. Yeah, I'm not going to make any judgments based on it. Um, I mean, you know, you, you, you make whatever choices you make. My wife did it for quite some time. But, you know, some people breastfeed their kids until they're like, five yep you know my son's four now he's got a whole set of teeth mm-hmm. you know I mean, no <laughs> um but you know they so they Did make he their... naturally stop himself no, no i mean you know she weaned him boys yeah. tend to uh <laughs> boys boys tend to be a little more difficult to wean than girls and you know it's huh. a it is a you know just something that uh you know women tend to say in these circles i'm only repeating things i've heard okay yeah i'm, I'm relatively ignorant on this too i mean because i don't have personal experience with it although i do have lots of friends with kids and you know i'm in the and you've healthcare got field i do have boobs yeah. but they, they don't have milk so not right now too bad <laughs> probably not ever but mark i want to ask you though do you think that there is any situation where you would consider it inappropriate 
to breastfeed. You yeah. said something about like Running if they're too free or, or they're yeah, too yeah. wild. Running around buck naked or something like that. Yeah, I don't like that. Well, but what if it was? Let's say I'm going to give you some hypotheticals here. Okay, we're at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. All right, there's a woman sitting on the grass under a shady tree, feeding her baby with uh, just like a like a, a sarong or a skirt on, nothing else. Okay, is that appropriate? Well, it is the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and you know you're going to. Okay, how about in the park? If that same same situation, but in the in, park. In a park, you know. I mean, I think in a park. If somebody's going to say something to her, she set herself up for that scenario. I'm not going to say anything to her, but nor am I going to rush to her. Forsooth, madam, you have besmirched this young naked lady's honor. No, 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 I'm not going to. And likely, if they're going to be scolded, they're going to be scolded by women, not men. Interesting. If you have thoughts, 855-450-FREE, your thoughts on breastfeeding or whatever's on your mind, it's Free Talk Live, and there's more coming up in hour two. Where do you want to go today? It's the 1,000 Places Travel Minute with Patricia Schultz, renowned travel expert and author of the number one New York Times bestseller, 1,000 Places to See Before You Die, with one more place to add to your traveler's life list. Machu Picchu in Peru is one of my 1,000 places to see before you die. On a continent endowed with magnificent pre-Columbian archaeological sites, Machu Picchu is South America's supreme showpiece. Likely built sometime in the 15th century, the lost city of the Incas sits isolated and remote more than 7,800 feet above sea level. Historians currently believe the site was a retreat for Inca nobility. No one knows why it was abandoned, and inexplicably it had been unaccounted for in the Spanish conquistadores' otherwise meticulous records. The truly ambitious and fit can take a four- or five-day trek along the famous Inca Trail and arrive at sunset at Machu Picchu's 500-year-old Gate of the Sun to experience the site at its most magical. For more tips and information on the very best places to visit on your travels, please visit Patricia Schultz at 1000places.com. Do you know over 6 million people a year visit the Eiffel Tower? What you may not know is that just around the corner is a hidden cafe with the best croissants in Paris. When you travel with Trafalgar, you'll travel with an insider who will show you must-see sites and share unique experiences. So call 1-866-544-4434 today for a free brochure or visit us at Trafalgar.com. See the world from the inside with Trafalgar. This is Free Talk Live. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Mark. And you're listening to the show where we'll take your calls about whatever's on your mind at 855-450-FREE. That's how you can get in touch with us during the show as we kick off the second hour of this evening's program. This is, of course, the live Sunday edition, and we're here seven nights a week for you. So if you tune in... What uh, show does that? Not many. It's Not many. It takes a lot of dedication and, uh, you know, some additional staff as well. That's why I, I come in on Sundays. <laughs> right. This isn't the, uh, you know, Free Talk Live wasn't set up as the Ian show. Ian is the uh, the main host on, um, you know, weeknights. And, uh, you know, he and I have been doing it for going on 10 years now. Yeah. It, you know, it wasn't it's intended to be the Ian and Mark show or anything like that. It's intended to be a show about the caller. Um, they can call in, talk about whatever they want. Over time, we've certainly become more interested in the ideas of liberty and, uh, you know, concepts of uh, human freedom, things like that. Yeah, I've definitely been listening to Free Talk Live for a long time and I've heard the show evolve and grow and I'm very happy to be a part of it, Mark. So I'm glad I'm here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. If you know who Manwich is, you've been around for a while. I know Manwich intimately. 
Oh, my God. <laughs> now people are going to say things. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the phones. We've got Mike in Hawaii calling. He wants to talk about breastfeeding in public. Mike, are you with us? Hey, yeah, I'm here. What's up, guys? Not too much. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I was thinking about how breastfeeding in public seems to be sort of a derived a derived problem. It's not, it's not the... It's not the root problem. It's sort of derived. The, the, the real problem is the fact that there's a double standard when it comes to men and women showing the top halves of their bodies. Yes, um, I absolutely you know, agree. If you, if, if you look at, you know, there's lots of men who have more fat, you know, in their breasts than women do, but nobody cries foul, you know. Well, they might be kind of grossed out, but they don't <laughs> cry foul when a man goes around topless, you know. So sure. it seems to be a problem created by the law. A moral problem created by a law. Like, you look at drug laws, lots of people who think that marijuana sh- uh, should be illegal have no problem with alcohol. So right. while they're both kind of comparable, um, you have some people saying that one is right and one is wrong, when really there's no fundamental difference. And there's yeah. no reason why women should be treated differently just because they can produce milk in their breasts and men can't. Sure. So you're saying it's, it's basically all a cultural construct. And I pretty much agree with yeah, you. Yeah, I don't see how anyone could argue that if uh, is all they have to do is take a look at National Geographic and they will see that it is a cultural construct. Yeah. I, I had a, heard a story from a friend of mine, um, and his name's Rich, and he was over in France. Now, this is from when he was young, so maybe the 70s, um, early 80s, something like that. And this was they, – they, you know, over in France, them folks over there, they uh, <laughs> would be, you know, the topless, and stuff. <laughs> completely topless on the beach and maybe even more so. But in town, the, it was very strange. So he, w- he would go jogging every day and he yep. wanted to go jogging without a shirt on. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, he thought, well, in a place where being topless on the beach is accepted – why would it be a big deal to go topless in town? And he said that it stopped traffic. I mean, him him jogging wow. without a shirt in the 70s in France. Hmm. So there's these, you know, this makes no sense to me at all why sure. this would be. A man jogging topless in the 70s in the United States probably wouldn't have meant anything at all. Um, and, by, you know, but over in France, it was a big deal. Now, yeah, this it is just his shows story. the so. arbitrary cultural nature of this this stuff. And do you think, Mike, that maybe some of this comes from religion? Like some of it's kind of a, I don't know, puritanism. Uh, I, I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a Christian myself, and okay. I would you know I would I would describe myself as a right wing libertarian, and socially I feel the way the same the same way a lot of conservatives do about things. Huh. But in the libertarian sense, I don't I don't think I should. There are better ways to promote my agenda than through force. Um, you know, right if on. I want to educate, if I want to educate, if I want to convince, even even socially ostracized, I don't think that's a good way. But that's still a better way than saying, you know, you're going to be fined or put in prison, you know, for what you what you think and do. And I feel mm-hmm. uncomfortable with the idea of women going around topless. I'll admit it, but I don't know how much of that is a construct of the law like you said mm. um or or my own because there's i just don't get it there's nothing fundamentally different but i'm uncomfortable with it why well probably because there's been this stupid law on the books forever that makes it where women have to be ashamed of frankly a beautiful part of their body yep. sure and in many places there isn't a law but it's the social pressure that keeps these things from happening. Here in New Hampshire, next door in Vermont. In Vermont, it's legal to be naked. <laughs> I mean, well, there is, there's so much social pressure here in New Hampshire. We saw with, uh, there was a young lady named Cassidy who went topless in Keene a couple of years ago during the summer on a very 
hot day. And she was initially arrested, but then the police, you know, released her after dropped the charges of lewdness, I think, and actually apologized to her because it was seen as gender discrimination under the, the law. But yet there's a strange dichotomy where if you ask people, well, is it illegal to go topless in New Hampshire? Most people actually think it's illegal because there is such a strong social stigma and pressure, right? Well, sure. Most, uh, most, uh, most, I mean, especially you guys in New Hampshire know that something doesn't have to be illegal to be something you can get arrested and harassed by the police. Oh, yes, that's true. <laughs> Indeed. Um, you just you just have to have somebody call because they don't like what you're doing, and you'll probably end up arrested or fined. And then if you decide to fight it, maybe it'll get dropped. Maybe a law will be created right then when the judge rules against you. Who knows? <laughs> Well, there is uh, there is what do they call it precedent, um, and you know I don't know if that would actually create a law, but it would you know certainly give them. It uh, would certainly affect the way things go in the future with uh, similar incidents. And uh, Mike, thank you so much for the call tonight. I really liked uh, hearing your thoughts, and I uh, hope he hope he continues to listen. Now, Mark, I have another story that's sort of breast related, if you will. It's called. Well, you can argue with that. <laughs> yes, of course you will. Uh, it's also from the uh, examiner.com by Howard Portnoy. This, the headline is TSA asks female passenger to prove breast pump is real. Mm. What do you think about this? I think that uh, there's going to be some problems. Yeah, I yeah. think so too. You cannot mess with these uh, with with the these women on their issue of uh, you know b- b- breastfeeding. Well, um, I mean, we've... they're very organized and uh, you know the, good. I'm glad the TSA stepped in another one. <laughs> well, we you know we've seen over the years the TSA making mothers drink their bottled milk to prove that it wasn't poisoned and mm-hmm. things like that, uh, denying them. Now the... my wife bottled up breast milk. Yep, and. You know, I mean, Jack liked it just fine, but none of us had any of the breast milk. Um, you know, and I know that I know some people are really into breast milk and uh, different cultures have been very much into it. But it, it would I'd be like, Ugh. you know, if somebody told me you got to drink your wife's breast milk. But uh, no, uh, no. Um, <laughs> well, there was somebody who tried to open up like an ice cream shop with made with human milk, didn't they? Uh, I don't know, but it, it <laughs> And of be. course got shut down, you know, by the, some health department or something like that. <laughs> but, but some people do like it, of course. And it's, you can't argue with the nutritional value. I mean, it, it's got fatty acids, it's got vitamins and antibodies that you just can't get. One would else. have to assume that, uh, well, they have to come from somewhere, right? I mean, the women don't just produce them. They have to eat them, right? In order to get the past nutrients on. Well, sure. But antibodies are pretty easy. Oh, yeah. Configurations, of but protein. that's for the two year, uh, you know, up to two years old. I mean, what's a what does an adult need breast milk for? Sure, sure. I mean, m- maybe there's some argument for it. I don't know. No, I'm, I don't think an adult needs breast milk for sure. You're a med student, but I mean, this would be a very specialized form of nutritional medicine. But we don't to, need to know this. We don't need cow milk either. You know, and most people drink, most adults drink cow milk, so... Milk contains whey protein, which is the most assemblable form of protein, as I understand it. And then milk, the, then there's some other form of protein, which is the third most assemblable. Eggs are in the middle at two. Uh-huh. So, I mean, you know, why wouldn't we need milk, cow milk? I mean, apparently it's very assemblable protein. Uh, some people say that the casein is hard to digest, casein, right? Yeah. Casein in milk, that's the calcium binding protein. Mm-hmm. We're getting a little too nerdy okay, here. Okay, go ahead. Let's... I do want to take a call before we get into this any further, though. We've got Mark, a second Mark, in New York on uh, on the line, and he would like to talk about breastfeeding as well. Mark, are you with us? Yes. Thanks for Women calling. Women should be able to breastfeed wherever they want, and they should also be accommodated. Thank you. So how would they Sorry. be accommodated? 
What's, what's, well, what if does they're it... on a bus, you give them your chair. If they're on a plane, maybe they want to go up where the stewardesses are to uh, flight attendants, give them a blanket. Yep, sure. You know, so, that's, the most nat- that's the only natural thing we have left in this world. I think it's right to do that, but you don't think I should have to give up my seat. What if my back hurts, right? Well, I don't care. I would. I I, 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 would. I think you should, and I think I would. Sure. I'm just saying, you know, what? you I don't, don't think really we... mean that they actually, um, a person would have to give up their seat, right? Like by law? No. Okay. But if, <laughs> just I, sure. I'd be the first one to get up, and if somebody didn't get up, I'd give them a dirty look, or if she wanted to be blocked in. <laughs> Love it, Mark. Mark, thank you so much for your thoughts tonight. Do appreciate that. It's Free Talk Live. I can truthfully say that VerbalSurgery.com, best daggum podcast I've ever learned to change my neurology right now. Feeling good, feeling better about myself right now. VerbalSurgery.com gets inside of my brain, massages those sweet old brain lobes inside of my head. Feeling better right now. Even now I feel better and I want to go and listen to some VerbalSurgery.com right now. Go do it, baby. Feeling good. This is Free Talk Live. (laughs) Welcome back to the show. This is Stephanie with you. And Mark. And you can call us at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733 to get in touch with us this evening. I would like you to check out m.freetalklive.com, too, if you want to view the site on your mobile phone and find out ways to listen to the show, including our live streams and the podcast. Very handy place over there at m.freetalklive.com. Yeah, I mean, you know, we make it easy for you to use Free Talk Live's website right on your smart smartphone, even if you've got a dumb phone. <laughs> Do you have, Mark, you, you recently downgraded your smartphone to a dumb phone. I have not yet been able to successfully downgrade from the, uh, the smartphone, uh, but I have some problems nuts. with smartphones in general. Um, you know, like, they're just not as good as the old flip phones in some ways. Back in my day. Yeah, that's right. I just, I, I've had it. I've had enough of this. <laughs> I won't take it anymore. devices. That's right. <laughs> so, okay. About Expect this, it from me. <laughs> <laughs> about this TSA story, the TSA has asked a female passenger, in case you're just tuning in, we sort of teased this in the last segment, they would like a female passenger to prove that her breast pump is real. So I don't know how she's supposed to prove this, but let's see what the the article has to say. It says, this is beginning to get a little silly. You think it's beginning (laughs) to get a little silly? If the lechers at the TSA are are this eager to score a glimpse of a naked boob, they should just man up and order every female passenger to remove her top. No more, this is an opinion article, in case you couldn't tell. Yeah. (laughs) No more of this pussyfooting around, accidentally pulling a woman's blouse off during a pat down in public. And actually, I think we read that story last week, Julia and I did, about this uh, this lady who they literally... Oh, no, you and I read it about two weeks ago. That, I don't that know. was what it was. I have a good memory. I remember the story, <laughs> uh, but I don't remember, you know, precisely when it went, when we went through it. We, you know, I do six days a week of uh, talk radio, yeah. and, you know, when was it done? And, it you know, did we talk together. about it? Did we not talk about it? It's hard to, it's hard to know these things. Sure. Well... I can tell you that it did happen that there was a woman, a a 24-year-old young woman, attractive, and she was getting patted down by the TSA, and they, oops, they just exposed her breasts to everybody who was there. And then later, some TSA agent was taunting her about it and saying that he couldn't wait to watch the video of what had happened. And she was pretty traumatized because she... Had to go through the line twice. That's pretty tacky. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it's one thing for it to happen during the, the course of uh, business there or whatever, but um, to to sort of lord it over somebody, that's really tacky. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, probably this guy was just hitting on her and he was doing it in a way that was, you know, d- didn't work. It's not like it's every guy, every person out there that has uh, made a pass at somebody realizes that there are better and there are worse ways to do it. And, you know, you can be more successful and less successful. He's probably saying you're very attractive. I can't wait to see this again, um, you know, because you're attractive, right? But and she was crying and obviously traumatized. Yes. Yeah. She had to leave the line once this happened to go get comforted by her, the person who dropped her off at the airport. Once and then what to, happened? Once when, when her breasts were exposed, exposed. she okay. was very embarrassed. And so that she left the line and then she had to go through the line a second time because she couldn't well, pass the you, screening because she was crying. If you pat people down, um, you know, sooner or later, some part is going to get shown that, uh, you know, people would prefer not to be shown. There's no doubt about that. Um, the... You know, and but the person saying something about it after that, you know, tacky, just tacky. Yeah, uh, tacky at best. Maybe even you could, you could possibly read into it maybe a little bit of a you could. intentional humiliation or it, malicious intent. Uh, you know, it's know. it's hard to say. Yeah. I mean, you know, would are there power hungry people that uh, you know want to? Uh, you know, treat work others badly that work for the TSA. Of course, there are. There sure. are people that work, you know, like that in every field. And it's not as though you can choose to be screened by some other method. If you go to the airport, you really have no choice but to go through the TSA. So they become a you could get the monopoly. I mean, the, the pat down. Some sometimes the pat down is not optional. Sometimes the pat down is optional. Some people will take the op- the option of the pat down over the um, you know the the gizmo. I hear they have well, a new it's sort gizmo of a Hobson's too. choice, isn't it? Though Hobson's choice is when you have. It, basically, my way or the highway. Right. No real choice. <laughs> yeah, not a real choice. Exactly. Uh, I mean, they have apparently a new gizmo that's out that's not supposed to be the radiation backscatter machine. I'm not entirely sure. It's huh. difficult to know. I don't know. I haven't heard about that. Well, anyway. It's supposed to be work with radio waves. Got yeah, You got me. It's another multi-billion dollar boondoggle. Ah, uh, yes. Well, I uh, can't say that I'm happy about that, but... At any rate, let's go back to this article. No more pretending that the female with a, quote, cute figure needs to pass through the scanner a third time because not all the frat boys in the back room got a good enough look. And this happened to, they asked a woman who was attractive, apparently, to go through the scanner three different times. And she heard the TSA agent communicating with the ones in the back room and saying, "Okay, guys, you've had enough and things like that. Yeah. They asked her if she plays tennis because she has a cute figure and things like that. Uh, Very unprofessional. Uh, So, or in the most recent case, asking a MTLF, mother they'd like to frisk, (laughs) at an airport security checkpoint to prove that her breast pump is real. The ploy backfired anyway. The woman who was flagged for additional screening at the Lihue Airport in Hawaii Wednesday because her luggage contained an electric breast pump did not offer a public demonstration. So I guess... Somehow she refused. The mother was informed that she couldn't take the pump on board the air, aircraft mm-hmm. because the bottles in her carry-on were empty. That makes no sense because they tend to, you know, if you have a bottle full of liquid, they won't let you carry that on. But yet they're saying here in this story. But that, they generally let you bring on, uh, you know, baby food, m- milk for the babies. Uh-huh. Do they, though? Yes. I've, yeah, I've heard a lot of stories They'll of them. They'll test it. Um, yeah. But they, they let you bring it on generally. Uh. I mean, you know, obviously, to, uh, they they can do what they want in these lines, and then who's going to hold yeah, them accountable? What are you, you going to do about it? Uh, you know, I mean, it's 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 nearly impossible to uh, to hold them accountable if if they don't want to be held. So, you know, I, sure. I, I that's why I say generally rather than uh, you know hard and fast. They're supposed to let it through. So this mother said, 
I asked him, the TSA screener, if there was a private place I could go pump, and he said, "No, you can go in the women's bathroom." I had to stand in front of the mirrors and the sinks and pump my breast in front of every tourist that walked into the bathroom. I was embarrassed and humiliated, and then angry that I was treated this way. Yeah, now that. I mean, it's nothing to be ashamed of to have breasts that have milk and pump A lot them, of places but... have these family restrooms, yep. um, and I have had uh, cause to go into them now that I have a, a young child. You know, I mean, I'm not the only, my wife isn't the only one who changes diapers. Yeah. Um, but you know, so I end up in some of these, and they, so, you know, they're more and less accommodating to yeah. uh, to families, mm-hmm. depending on you know where you are and, and that kind of thing. I was at uh, you know, Disney, and they had instead of one of those fold down diaper things, they had a hard one like a counter, and that was convenient. Huh. Yeah, I know. You always worry about the the hinges, whether it's going to break <laughs> off. Right. <laughs> My son hates those. He does not feel comfortable on the uh, fold out ones. I mean, mm. he does not feel uh, you know safe. Yeah, I bet. Well, she certainly didn't feel safe doing this in front of every passenger that walked by, and Airports usually have these bathrooms with no doors, you know, so that you just walk around a corner, right? Yeah, yeah, there's that. So there's a little bit even less privacy, maybe. I don't like touching those doors anyway, so I I kind of appreciate that. True, true. So once she had filled the bottles, the woman was permitted to board. So much for Al-Qaeda's plan to smuggle liquid explosives onto the airport. (laughs) Fill these bottles. (laughs) Get in the bathroom and fill these bottles. Yeah, it really is like a very, it's like a crazy, like she has to jump through so many hoops just to catch her flight. You know, well, I guess they don't want her filling them on the airplane. I don't know. <sighs> Who knows what their motivation is? I mean, it just a lot of things contradict each other when it comes to the TSA. There was that uh, high profile security expert who said that when he was walking through the line, this is an FBI worker. Uh, they they said that they had to screen him because he was unarmed. Right. Because he didn't have his gun on him. Right. And, and if, Janet if he Napolitano did, said that they were going to you know, do away with uh, taking off shoes, but I'm still taking my shoes off. Absolutely. This is Free Talk Live, and there's more coming up. Stay tuned. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. This is Free Talk Live. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Mark. And you're listening to the live Sunday night edition of Free Talk Live. This is a show where you can call in with your thoughts about whatever's on your mind at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We've been discussing a lot of interesting things this evening so far. Some breastfeeding stories, a little bit about your civil liberties being taken away. (laughs) These things happen. They sure do. So on Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver and for a variety of reasons, whether it's a hedge against inflation or an investment or barter currency. If, uh, you know, you say you want to you know, use the Federal Reserve note less. Well, we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some really great rates, probably some of the best rates you're going to find among these uh, the, the, the top tier gold purveyors. Uh, on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces and coins. Uh, you can go to our website at gold.freetalklive.com. All the prices are right there 
take a look. It's not like you have to call one of these places for more information. They put you on with a hard seller. I mean, there's certainly a telephone number there, and somebody's going to help you if you want to call in, but you could buy right over the website at gold.freetalklive.com. And when you do, helps Free Talk Live. Helps our uh, syndicate, uh, who works with Midas Resources, Genesis Communications Network. It's, it's a win, and you are helped too by getting some precious metals. Gold.freetalklive.com. <laughs> yeah, I think they're kind of on the rise now. Silver went up a little bit, at least over the past week. I think. Yep. Yep. It's, so it's Mark, on the bump. It, you know, it's getting a little bump. Sure. So, Mark, I wanted to discuss this story that you mentioned you had about uh, a girl who got kicked off a basketball team for speaking a Native American language. It's strange. Yeah. Um, let me tell me more about read it. Read it here. This is from rt.com. Um, what did we learn today in class at Sacred Heart Catholic School in Shawano, Wisconsin? Uh-oh. A recent lesson plan. Your Catholic school. <laughs> revealed- I know it's going to be good. I don't know. I mean, I you know I, I didn't go to a Catholic school. I went to a, a sort of a, it was Not, a Dutch Reform. Uh, these folks are very big into opening Christian schools. So okay, yeah, I didn't, I didn't either. But I've heard, I've heard stories. Recent lesson plan revealed to students that saying "I love you" in one's native tongue is something worthy of disciplinary action. Mm-hmm. A seventh grade student, seventh grade. So how old is that? About twelve. Thirteen, uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. At a private northeastern Wisconsin school, learned that lesson in a hard way recently after educators decided to boot twelve-year-old. Um, there we go, uh, Miranda. Oh my gosh, Washinawa <laughs> talk from the uh, basketball team for saying a few phrases in the language used by the. I'm not laughing at her name. I'm laughing at how laboriously you pronounced yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Menomini uh, tribe of Indians. So, you know, the Menomini are a nation of uh, Native Americans that total around 8,700. Not a big population in the state of Wisconsin. Never mind the fact that the Menomini have been in the area for over a thousand years, though in America you speak English, unless <laughs> apparently you don't want to pay play uh, school sports. After her teacher complained that uh, Washinawa talk had uh, spoken a few phrases in her tribe's language, the student says the educator became pretty agitated. She sort of threw her hands down on the desk and she said, don't be talking like that. How would you like it if I started talking Polish? Miranda (sighs) Washington Talk tells the uh, local NBC affiliate. The student says the the words she said aloud were the uh, Minonami translations for hello, thank you, and I love you. From wow. there, the teacher, Julia Goethe, recommended disciplinary actions. When the school's principal got wind that the student was a troublemaker of sorts, he benched her from the uh, next basketball game. Principal Dan Minter was, uh, has since apologized and said that he wasn't aware of the nature of the exact incident. Wow. And I can see how this might happen. You she know, didn't you get respect the, story. the white man's authority, right? <laughs> well, I can see how... You know, you, the, the uh, people in authority tend to believe the words of people in authority. They do not believe the the authority, the, the words of people who are the accused. Sure. I mean, the accused is in in this country. Sad as it might be, you're guilty until proven innocent. It is the culture, especially in schools where it the didn't kids used have to be, no choice about whether to be there. No, no real recourse if something like this happens. Well, you know, I mean, kids are going to have, uh, you know, whatever choices. You know, sadly, kids don't live in a world of choices. They live in a world of being told no. what to do. My son does not get to eat what he wants to eat because if he got to eat what he wanted to eat, it would largely be M and M's. And you know, life isn't going to work out that way. Mm. So, 
you know, I mean, to some extent, a, gr- a greater well, you, and lesser so you extent. Have, you have a need for his nutritional well-being, right? Sure. Yeah. And but at the school, they're not really focused on meeting the children's needs, really. They're they're more focused on controlling them, I would say. Well, That's the difference. I think the different schools operate differently. You know, I mean, they, they believe that they want, you know, they want to educate the kids. And... Educate or make them into obedient people. Well, obedience is a form of a form of education. Right. And different people have different theories on, you know, what is you know, what are we trying to create here? And when I think of education, I think of fostering natural creativity and uh, encouraging learning and questioning. But I don't think of this indoctrination as do as I say, uh, no matter what. And it seems like that's what the schools are focusing on these days. Well, what I get out of this is there's sort of a natural and and pervasive, um, you know, thing against people speaking different tongues. Yeah. In around right around the world, it is Mm -hmm. Uh, around the world. People speak different languages, and it's you know it's celebrated. But here in the United States, they've got this kind of jingoism and this xenophobia that says. No, if you're here, you speak this language, mm-hmm. even to a person uh, who is of a um, an ethnicity that had been in that area for a thousand years before a white person ever stepped on that land. They were speaking that language in that area. Mm. But, you know, and now when, uh, you know, but now the you know, society has changed to such an extent that this teacher was willing. I mean, the, the principal did their best to undo the wrong that they had done. And you could appreciate that. The teacher did end up apologizing. Um, interestingly here, you know, the, um, the, 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 the let's see, it says uh, Tannies. I'm trying to read here. One of the people from the tribe is asking for the teacher's firing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure. I, I'm not going to to let anybody tell me they can't speak that language, adds the mom. She also calls the way that uh, Goethe handled the matter as arrogant, narrow-minded way of teaching and will be appealed to the uh, diocese to relieve her from her position. Oh, so they have to go through the church structure to make any changes in the staff of the school because it's a Catholic school? I Is believe that right? that's the case. I think it's okay. the mom, actually, that's this this angry. And that the, wow. and here's a statement from the Minomi Nation, uh, Minno. Menno Nemi Nation, um, saying that it is our hope that the greater awareness that we can uh, begin to repair any harm that has been caused and we'll be able to build new and improved relationships. Now, I like that statement. Um, I don't necessarily think that this teacher needs to be fired over the circumstance. Who knows why she was upset? This is a thought like she has a thought. Yeah, it, it doesn't seem to me to indicate particularly good level of patience, which I think is really necessary for working with children don't you think i mean or or tolerance maybe i you know i mean so firing her is going to do what to you know make that better i don't know maybe replace her with somebody who who meets the needs of the kids better i think we all learn that sounds unlikely as life goes by and that you know the opportunities should be made to learn lessons i don't know what this woman's record is if she has a record of intolerance and impatience yeah you know at some point yeah, this isn't working out for you. Sure. And, um, well, I think you know. I, I think there needs to be a discussion about this for sure. Like that's that's probably the thing that I would recommend. You know, sort of a mediation, I guess. Yeah. So, but you but, know that they can understand what happened a little bit better, the teachers anyway. Because I mean, it, there's really more more to this than just somebody speaking in a Native American language at school. It's it's just seems to indicate to me a general insensitivity to the fact that Native Americans 
have been so oppressed by Europeans from the beginning and, and just the long history well, what going I hear, up to today. I hear a bigotry against other languages. Yep. Like, you know, if this hadn't been but how often Minonami, we, but it had been Spanish, Spanish, then I don't think we would have even got the news story. I mean, I have, I have talked, I mean, how many people have I talked to that say, hey, you're in America, speak English. I've and heard that a lot. they would use their positions of power in order to get that done. If that's how you feel... Let us know where we've gone astray on. I mean, is it okay to speak the Native American t- uh, language, but it's not okay to speak Spanish? And you know, how do you how do you reconcile that in your mind? Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. It is a great question, and we'll be back with more. This is Free Talk Live. Stay tuned. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. 855-450-FREE is the number if you'd like to weigh in with your thoughts on the discussion tonight. I am, of course, Stephanie. And I'm Mark. And you're listening to the live Sunday night edition of Free Talk Live. By the way, I want to let you know if you'd like to see what we're doing live in the studio as we do it. Up to the moment, audio streams as well on there. And you've got to wonder during the breaks, what the heck is going on there? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't think they can hear the audio during the breaks, right? I'm certain they can't. Yeah. Thank goodness. They'll see a lot of hilarity. So you can always catch those special moments over at cam.freetalklive.com to watch us do the show. And Mark, we've been talking about uh, a a little girl, 12-year-old girl at a private Catholic school. Uh, who was was disciplined for using her native language. But uh, first, you you have a message you'd like to share with our audience. That's right. If you're looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear, manventureoutpost.com has what you need. Uh, They've got knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment. They've got it all at rates that you'll be very impressed with. That's their unique selling proposition is they bring what bring the name brands to you at rates that you just can't find anyplace else on the internet. Some prices are so low they can't even be mentioned on the air. You can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL at manventureoutpost.com. They're members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau, and they're family-owned and operated. You can get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. Coupon code FTL. Thank you very much, Mark. And we do have a uh, a guest on the line, or not a guest, but a caller on the phone lines here at Free Talk Live. Jamie in Oklahoma, I believe, wants to talk about this language issue. Oh, no. And Jamie, are you with us? Hey, Stephanie. Good to have me on your show. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's only one Jamie I know in Oklahoma, and that's Jamie from the Wheels Off Liberty podcast. Yeah. And where can you find yeah. where can people find that show, Jamie? It's compelling content, Jamie. <laughs> uh, you can you can find us over at our website, Facebook.com. Facebook is your website. I thought it was Mark Zuckerberg's. <laughs> we we have purchased that with our generous donations. I see. And um, it's now ours and we have a we have our own page there and everything. It's just our little 
portion of the internet now. Now, are you networking with the uh, Department of Homeland Security to track what people are saying on Facebook, too? Are you in well, on the conspiracy? Only, only Liberty Activists, basically, is what we're keeping in touch with. Um, right now, I'm, I'm monitoring a baklava company out of out of New Hampshire to, to make sure that they're doing all that. Yeah, you got to keep an eye on those terrorists. So, uh, Jamie, what was on your mind about this story about the little girl who got kicked off of her basketball team for using her Native American language at school? Well, first of all, if you don't speak American, you ought to go back home. <laughs> That's kind of my thoughts of it. I disagree, but Jamie. The, oh, okay. Well, okay, in this, not bad, but in, really, in really this case, not my view on it because she is home <laughs> to start with. Right. That's, but, yeah. that's the funny part. Yeah. I, I do have a story um, having to do with language. As you know, I'm a Southern gentleman. Yes, you certainly are. My, yeah. So my my is, gen- is, is gentleman like a uh, an aphorism for a drunk person? Yeah, that, that's what we call them here. Okay. In Mark. I just wanted to make sure. Don't you leave the comedy to me, buddy. You there. <laughs> so, Jamie, what so, was your story? So, anyway, I was in a um, speech class, and I believe I gave a speech on, it was that, that Scooby-Doo and Shaggy smoke pot, and that's what my speech was on during this, this class. And, was it I mean, like I a formal the- Toastmasters kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in front of a group of people giving this speech, and and it's my theory on it that Scooby and Shaggy both smoke pot, and I'm I gave a knockout speech there at college. I bet you did. And I mean, everything was done perfect on it. I mean, I got a, I got a, a people were clapping when I was done with it, and I made a B on the speech because I sounded like an Okie. So. So I got I got punished for having a redneck accent, basically. So I spent the rest of the semester in my fake Mexican accent and drove the professor absolutely crazy. <laughs> Jamie, that is the worst form of discrimination, I have to say. It really angers it me. And I don't know if everybody knows just how, how much discrimination that us men from Oklahoma suffer in our lives absolutely you're from uh, you know, the rare redneck tribe you bring right? up something that's uh that, that, that it, it's you know hey it does seem like there are certain accents that it's okay to discriminate against i mean you know like frankly i would just not have brain surgery by a person that sounded like you jamie wow. <laughs> you, you do know Come that on, jamie's Mark. a brain surgeon in his spare time don't you know uh, that, i think Mark? he does like ballpoint pen sales or something Oh my. That's exactly what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, thank you so much for the call tonight. That was a great story, and I'm so sorry to hear about the discrimination you faced in your life. It's a tragedy. To some extent, that, that you know, it's a true statement. Yeah, I do too. I, actually, you know, there is this caller named Ed from Tennessee, and he's called in several times with re- very astute, insightful oh, yeah. things to say. And every time he calls in, because he has a southern accent, I think a lot of people tend to... Uh, stereotype him and and like listeners and maybe sure. I, me. I mean, I you think know, I've even every, done it before. Every time he calls in, he says hi. Uh, you know, and and then it just you know you immediately your mind's assuming well nothing smart's going to come out of this mouth, and then it's just the opposite. Now I'm from the South, so anybody who wants to say <laughs> that I'm discriminating against the South because I am an effete northeastern liberal snob, <laughs> I don't think I'm any of those things. I really am an effete liberal northeasterner yeah and uh i I do try really hard not to discriminate though and ed has helped me smash that stereotype in my mind as well and and jamie too he is smarter than stefan (laughs) molinox
let's go. That's back. a Jamie Crane joke. Let's go back to the phones. We've got Chuck in Wyoming, and he'd like to talk about language as well. Chuck, are you with us? Yes, I am. Great. What's on uh, your mind tonight? My opinion on that is, for somebody to come into the United States, they ought to be able to speak the official language. Do you mean a visit? Now, that does not... Go ahead. Do you mean to visit, or do you mean to live here? No, to live here. Okay. Well, I mean, this girl now, was a I, Native I re- American. I realize... Let it... Yeah. Yeah, right. So she was already now, there. <laughs> well, I was... Exactly. Now, I believe that because that... Uh, they are part of the American society, even if they are Native Americans, they're still part of the American society. They should be able to speak English, but I don't believe that was the problem here. You take that age group, have a tendency to have the ability to punch buttons, and I think that there's more to this story than what was being told in the article. And I, you know, if the, if the young girl was a troublemaker, I'm sure that this is not the first time. And I, I wouldn't be real sure that that's exactly what was all that was being, that she was saying was, you know, I love you or whatever. Because I'd read this article in the paper before. But I, I, you know, when I was in the military over in Germany, I had a friend that was, met a girl over there and they was going to get married and he was going to become a German citizen. Before he could, he had to learn the German language and be proficient. And I think it's the same thing here in America. So I've got a couple of things to say about that. Um, Now, for one, all we've got to go on is what the article says. And it seems like you're making some assumptions about what the student was doing and giving the teacher a lot of leeway. And that kind of attitude of deference towards authority tends to breed abuses of authority. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Okay. Yes. I would. Secondly, the Spanish language is an American language. Uh, The the Constitution of New Mexico is written in Spanish. So, I mean, so therefore you're talking about people. I mean, there's there's a good Texas was taken from Mexico. Mm -hmm. Mexico welcomed Americans in and those Americans, uh, you know, habitated the place and said, we'd like to be part of the United States. And the United States actually told Texas to hold off for a little while Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, actually said no and then said yes um, is the way it went. And then you're talking about, of course, California. And uh, I mean, so Mexico and Mexicans uh, are really Americans. I mean, they're they're as much American as as you and I are. Um, I mean, it's only recently. I I agree. I agree. I agree there. But English is still the official language. There is no official language that I know of. Now, I can I'm willing to go with you on stating that, hey, you know, the government needs to print documents in certain language or languages that we shouldn't have to pay to uh, print uh, documents in all, you know, 700 languages that are spoken around the world and clicks and beeps and um, Urdu and (laughs) and whatever there is, you know, or punch punch one to go and speak in English. Well, I think that I, I think I should be able to punch, you know, if I'm dealing with a company. Yeah, like you, I like to have options, and you know, you know there's nothing. Even if English yeah. was the the official language of the U.S., which you know it pretty much is, there's nothing prohibiting anybody from learning other languages or using. Oh no, 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 no! I'm not saying that. I'm not saying to the exclusion of their native their native tongue of that person. All right, Chuck. Well, I'm just. Thanks for the thoughts. Yep. Thank you for the thoughts, Chuck. Yep. Appreciate your call tonight. This is Free Talk Live, and there's more coming up. You can call us at 855 450 free. Should English be the only language spoken in the U.S.? 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Mark. And you're listening to the live Sunday night edition. If you'd like to call in as we kick off the last hour of the show, hour three, and discuss whatever's on your mind, you can call 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And would like to remind you that if you enjoy the show, you can help us out by promoting it. There is a promote page over at promote.freetalklive.com where you can find all kinds of graphics, avatars, banners, uh, everything you could possibly want in order to promote Free Talk Live and share the show with your friends, which always helps us out because we like to reach more minds and ears and eyes, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, the more people we reach, the uh, the, the the farther and the wider the, the messages of liberty spread. Absolutely. And it's it's a free way to help out the show. You don't doesn't require any kind of commitment uh, except maybe a little bit of time. OK, so, Mark, I'd like to talk to you about an interesting article that uh, you you speculated that we may disagree on that, but I, I, on this article, but I'm not sure. So let's okay. get into it and see. People like that, though, right? They <laughs> love it. <laughs> I have to say, I think they I think they tune in when it's like the, the highest conflict portions of the show when Indeed. we're when we're arguing back and forth. So. Here's the headline from Newser.com. Gay Texas judge refuses to marry straight couples by Rob Quinn. Texas or Dallas judge Tanya Parker says she won't be conducting any marriage ceremonies until she and every other gay person in Texas have the same right to marry. When she turns straight couples away, Parker tells them, I'm sorry, I don't perform marriage ceremonies because we are in a state that does not have marriage equality. And until it does, I am not going to partially apply the law to one group of people that doesn't apply to another group of people. Parker passes the ceremonies on to other judges so the straights can get married. What do you think about this so far, Mark? Um, I think that a uh, government bureaucrat needs to do their job. Um, and, you know, in this case, their job is to marry people. I'm of the opinion that gay people... But pe- she does refer them to other judges. I, you know, She's I mean- making a statement. Sure, I, I got it. Do you it. agree it, with if, what she's saying? It was saying? my job to be a garbage man, and I want, don't want to pick up certain people's garbage, and I refer it to other garbage men. I, you know, I'm, I'm just not a very good garbage man, right? Like, let's get the garbage man to pick up everybody's garbage rather than. I don't know. There are pharmacists. Some pharmacists have a religious objection to giving to making uh, emergency contraception available to women. And so those, con- those pharmacists, usually... uh, the, I've never heard of any of those pharmacists working for the government. The government is true. Pay, you know, the, 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 the salary of this woman is paid by the people that are coming to her to be married. And so therefore but they she don't, should marry them. They don't have much choice in that matter though. You know, no, they don't, they, they really that don't have change. any choice. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why she shouldn't have a choice in this matter. If she wants to have choices about who she deals with and who she doesn't, then she should work where she doesn't takes tax money as uh, you know payment hmm. for her job. 
Okay, I I can see where you're coming from. Uh, I also I'm, I'm of the opinion that if we're going, if the government is going to sanction marriage, it should sanction it for everybody. And yeah, furthermore, if you're going to take this from a utilitarian standpoint, because I'm you know I'm a registered Republican, as uh, so many people that listen to talk radio uh, have the expectation of hearing uh, conservatives talk. If you're going to take, <laughs> not gonna, I'm not going to meet that expectation. <laughs> if you're going to take this from a standpoint of utilitarianism. Let's face it. This is a losing proposition for the Republican Party. I mean, you know, the the base, as they call the the evangelicals out there, they're only trying to they're only going to successfully marginalize the Republican Party. They're putting up candidates like Rick Santorum, which are not bridge builders. These are bridge burners. And, you know, if the Republicans want to be a viable party 20 years from now, shut the F up on Issues like gay marriage, you know, just well, get you, with the times. Demographics, like independently of uh, who's registered for what party or whatever, young people are overwhelmingly in favor both, of things in like... In both parties. Yes, in gay marriage. And I think it's because they recognize, you know, they but have friends that are coming out. It's the old people in the Republican Party that are doing the disservice to the young people in the Republican Party. I'm a younger person. I'm 40... Sure, what, but since when, since when do young people matter to them, you know? You know they, I, don't, they don't seem to think that the young people do matter. Because, and they, they make it based on religious principles, which, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, who would Jesus, uh, you know... Uh, Keep from being together, yeah. <laughs> oppose or oppress, right. you know? Right. I mean, your religious opinions are good for your life they're not good for a nation but mark they can choose to be straight they well, can get cured so <laughs> no they, they no can, they can't choose, they can to, choose to have sex with uh, the just opposite like, sex they just can like to, you can't choose to be gay if you're straight you, you know, know it's a real disservice uh, you know all these things are a real disservice to people like the women that gay guys who feel pressured into being straight Mary, because oh, this happens. Gay guys, yeah. this happens. Gay guys say, "I'm going to try to be straight. I'm going to push down these proclivities that I have, and I'm going to." I mean, what's it and like it for never those women? Works. It's so sad, it, and it's just it's like sad for the families. Life. It's sad for the women. It's sad for everybody. Yeah, I mean, it's just a cre- it's just creating problems. But I guess it's ha- they believe that it's happy for God or something. Why does God want <laughs> women to have bad marriages and kids to have, you know, absent fathers? Sure. Why does God want that? God doesn't want that. If yeah. God didn't want that, God wouldn't have created gayness. <laughs> I mean, you can't claim you can't claim that he did anything else. There's gayness in the, you know, in in the the natural world. Animals have, you know, gay relationships. So what? God must want it for some reason. Sure. Absolutely. Just because some old iron age you know, desert dweller wrote it down in some book someplace doesn't make it true. Yeah. And there's even debate about how, you know, in the Bible were key passages or words kind of misinterpreted to make it sound like they were saying that homosexuality is a sin or an abomination when it's really that's not what the original text maybe meant. And sort of why do there people, are some why there, do there people, are some phrases that are that that that's true on. There are other phrases that it's absolutely not true on there. You know, if you take the Bible as a document and yeah. it's not, I don't okay? recognize the authority of the Bible. I'm just the saying Bible the Bible didn't who become do. a document until well, I think it was the fourth century. It may have been the third century. So you're talking about a, a, a document that isn't if I said something today and there was no media out there to record me and then 200 to 350 years later. People put these th- these interpretations of what I said together. Come on, sure. 
come on. This is the unerring word of God. They didn't even get the name of the main character right. Jesus' name is Yahshua. Well, and it says, don't forget, it's, it also says in the Bible, you know, don't eat shellfish. That women, well, when they the have claim their period, is there they should sit in a field for five days until they stop bleeding and, you know, crazy things. I well, mean, the New Testament, there, there, are, there are phrases in the New Testament that make it clear that, the, that homosexuality is a sin. You can claim that shellfish is a sin, but that is, uh, you know, that was taken away with the, the law and acts or whatever. And is that how it works? That's yeah. the idea. I mean, you know, I mean, I can, I can speak to that because I've read the Bible you know, several times. I went to Christian school taught Sunday school. I mean, I'm pretty clear on all this stuff. It just, you know, to me, in my mind, it just doesn't fit. And if you want to live by it, that's fine. It doesn't fit, but with reality. It doesn't fit with reality. If you want to live by it, that's cool. But don't shove it down other people's throat. Sure. I mean, it, yeah. you know, to me, I don't like the idea of people preaching hell because I think that because you're going to teach it to your kids. Well, it's, and, it must be pretty scary as a kid to hear that you might go to hell if you make a mistake, right? Uh, well, I mean, if you choose not to, uh, you know, I mean, you get indoctrinated in this. And, and it, to, for some people, for many people, it's the fear of hell that they take on this religion. It's yeah. because I'm going to go to hell if I don't believe this. And, you know, yeah, it's a threat of punishment. That's right? the purpose of the threat. The purpose of the threat is to get people on board. If not, just remove it. Why do you why even talk about it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you would think that. You know, it, I, it's hard for me to even imagine this because I'm not religious. But if I were, I, I would probably want people to be there and to, to attend my church because they voluntarily want to, not because to they church. feel scared that they might go to hell if they don't. I right? go to Quaker meeting, um, which, you know, my version of church, I go every single Sunday. I'm the clerk of my meeting that if if there is a position, it is a. It is a position of service, uh, but the you know it's it's a singular position in meetings. So, you know, I I am not an irreligious person. And you go because you want you like to be there. You want to yeah. be there. I mean, you know, I I I, I like what I get out of the uh, out of the situation. I mean, okay. I, I I don't know precisely what I think about God, but I'm reasonably certain he's not the rigid guy that's talked about in the Bible. 855-450-FREE is our number if you have thoughts you'd like to add to this discussion. The live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live is coming back with more, and I want to get back to this judge. Is it okay for the judge to refuse to marry straights? This is Free Talk Live, and there's more coming up. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Welcome back to the show. You are listening to Free Talk Live. You can call us at 855-450-FREE and bring up whatever's on your mind. 855-450-3733. And I'm your host, Stephanie. And Mark. And we do actually have some calls on the line, Mark. Let's jump right into the phones. Matt is on the line in Illinois, and he'd like to talk about hypocrisy. Always an interesting topic. Matt, are you with us? Hey, guys. Hi. Hi. Welcome. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Um, uh, hypocrisy might be the, the the wrong word to use. What what happened um, is um, oh earlier this week, PayPal came out and um, try is uh, attempting to uh, remove books from uh, the, a, a website that I used to publish on called Smashwords and other um, independent uh, authors' book sites. Uh-huh. And uh, what, they're, what they're doing is they're refusing to, or they're threatening to close the accounts on, on these uh, indie publishers if they continue to allow books uh, about bestiality, incest, and rape. I think I heard something about this. Yeah, I was. I heard it. I think you called it on the uh, Tuesday show, maybe the Monday show. Uh huh. So there right, is there right. a new a new development on this? Well, yes, and okay. and and I and I've I've blogged about it. I've written about it. Uh, basically, uh, PayPal, or um, I'm sorry, um, Smashwords wrote a, another um, letter explaining what was going on and uh, telling authors and their readers that if they don't like this censorship. Uh, he gave them the uh, places that, that they should should write to. It turns out PayPal claims that they're doing this under pressure from the credit card companies, Visa, Discover, MasterCard, um, and uh, American Express. The, so they're uh, pr- the kind of passing the buck or their responsibility. Yeah, they're you know they're saying that they're doing this you know under pressure from these credit card companies. He, he, he wrote a nice email explaining it, and, hmm. and I republished the email in the blog that I wrote. Okay. But one of the things that happened is, is I've been going through all this, and, and this affects me personally, which is, you know, I'm kind of emotionally attached to this issue. Um, it, it affects you but, personally because you publish on Smashwords or because you publish about because the I, forbidden because topics? Because I publish on Smashwords. Okay, and, but and let, to clear this up, Matt, I just want to clear something up. Do you publish on the on the topics that 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 would be uh, terminated and under this PayPal agreement or other things? It it could be considered that way, depending on how far they take their. It's the the wording is very ambiguous. When you mentioned so this on the air, instance, Matt, uh, when you mentioned on the air, I was uh, it, what brought to mind was the was the book Hotel New Hampshire. I don't know if anybody's heard this, but it's uh, written by the guy who wrote World According to Garp. I am not an expert when it comes to authors and, you know, Who's remember Garp. Uh, <laughs> um, Stephanie, you're just too young for these things. So somebody look up World According to Garp and, uh, you know, come up uh, and tell me what the author's name is. Um, I, I don't know, but God he's a, he's a major author. And, okay. and this book t- dealt with the issue of um, incest. And, you know, I don't know if it was purient or anything. Maybe some people some people may consider it purient. I felt it to be very interesting that uh, that they, they did that. I say the author's name is um, – I don't see where you're pointing. Oh, John Irving um, <laughs> okay. is the author's name. And so he was exploring the topic, not necessarily trying to uh, entice people There was an incident might... where a brother and a sister had sex. Okay. It absolutely happened, um, yeah. and you know, whatever. Well, the, the book that came to mind when I when I was writing this, that could be you know, and this is how censorship devolves. Was a Kill a Mockingbird? Okay, Kill a Mockingbird was about rape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that and, so you know, so so yes, my book has a scene in it, as a, 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 a like a whole chapter where the guy watches. 
a, a BDSM movie online. Mm-hmm. And it's described, and it gets violent, and it and it could be considered a rape. And so I suppose that even though my book is a horror book, it's not erotica, you could point at that and say, you know, that needs to be taken off. If, I mean, so if you're kind of really, you're kind of concerned about right. a slippery slope. What if yeah. they did, right. didn't just target bestiality and and rape and these kind of things, but they targeted a crime that was worse, like murder, like. I mean, look at Agatha Christie. I mean, people are dropping dead all the time in uh, mysteries, sure. and I mean, that's that's the whole I, thing. I wouldn't say it's necessarily worse, but I mean, it's you don't think it, murder's worse it, than it's I mean, different. People survive rape; they're all terrible. I mean, people survive beast. I mean, with bestiality, you might not even consider that there's a victim, depending on what your opinion of animal rights are. So. Oh, I, I mean, I they're 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 all horrible. Let's just I wonder put it that what uh, what rape victims, male or female, would have to say about whether or not they would prefer to have been murdered. It oh, seems wow. to me that murder is. I don't want to ask anybody that question, but Matt, no, just to, to get back on off topic here. <laughs> yeah, to get back on topic, do you, what what would you say to somebody who maybe made the argument that there are lots of places online for people to publish erotica with those sort of taboo uh, subjects? And Smashwords well, may, may not necessarily... yeah. People have come up... Now, this is where I've caught a little bit of grief. As, as people have said, well, you know, PayPal's a private company. Sure. Yeah, and it is. they can associate with whoever they want. That's absolutely and true. I, and, and my answer to that is, okay, fine, but the, the whole financial... We don't really have a free market. The whole financial industry is very heavily re- regulated. Yeah, so they're subject to the same rules as banks are. They right. just need and pressure. I consider the whole financial complex like a another finger of the government. It's it's so intertwined with the government. Mm. It's it's uh, so I call it uh, government censorship by proxy. But Matt, you know, this is a hard one to argue. I mean, people may hear this and think, "Oh, what what do you support bestiality or something?" What would you say to that? I'd say I support anybody's right to write about bestiality if that's what they wish to write about and i support anybody's right to read about what what they want to read if you don't want to read about bestiality then for god's sake don't go out buying books on bestiality or even with bestiality in it mm-hmm. but what how do you define bestiality for instance in a werewolf novel on a horror, yeah. horror novel with a werewolf mm-hmm. if a werewolf and, a, and a, uh, a regular human fall in love and have sex. Now, is that bestiality? That's what's going on in this whole Twilight series that's hugely popular with people <laughs> younger than myself. Um, you know, I mean, there's vampires and there's werewolves. I mean, you know, I mean, if sex with a vampire is necrophilia, isn't it? I guess. I mean, they are undead. It could be considered necrophilia. But that's that's not one of the things that, that PayPal's banning, so... Well, uh, I, I, but, you know, first matters. first they came for the bestialists, sure. then they come for the necrophiliacs. <laughs> I mean, I, it, Matt, I, these I, are just ideas, and... Yeah, uh, I hear the concern about the slippery slope argument, too. I think it's definitely legitimate, and, of course, PayPal is really granted privileges by the state, including the privilege of somewhat monopoly. I mean, there really are not... Uh, too many alternatives out there to PayPal. So, uh, so Matt, no. let's let's wrap this up. Any final thoughts? Is that pretty much it? Well, the, the thing that made me think about this is tonight, as I was listening to you guys, I heard a couple of stories. One was was the breastfeeding story in the restaurant, and I thought to myself, well, gee, you know, the restaurant's a private business. If the private business owner doesn't want somebody breastfeeding in his restaurant, he should be allowed not to allow that. 
All right, Matt, Matt, we're short on time. I do apologize, but thank you for the call tonight. Thanks for your thoughts. We'll be back with more. This is Free Talk Live. Stay tuned. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE is our phone number, 855-450-3733. You're listening to the live Sunday night edition with Stephanie and Mark. And Mark, tell us about the Free State Project. Well, if you're frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live and you're tired of, well, the state intruding in your business and personal life, and you knew that thousands of liberty-loving people were all moving to the same place and getting active, would you want to join them? Well, you can. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. All you have to do is go over there, sign the statement of intent, and then prepare to pick up your life and move to New Hampshire. We did it. Yeah, we did it. Not Uh, together, but around the same time. Um, but you know, it was it was about the same time. But you know what? It's been a life changing situation as moving is. And, yeah. you know that's that's the definition. But you know, I I really love the atmosphere that uh, is here in New Hampshire as far as the Liberty lovers go and and things like that. So, Me you know, too, and the it's community. Been well worth it. And by the way, if you're New Hampshire curious, you can go to uh, porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Registration is open, Mark. Did you know that? For the really? Porcupine Freedom Festival. You know, I, I don't stay, uh, my finger isn't exactly on the pulse of registration because I get mine for free. <laughs> <laughs> well, I sort of had some inside info, so I just wanted to make sure people are aware of that. You You're practically s- the voice of Porkfest. I am. I do voiceovers for Porkfest. That's true. <laughs> so I have the inside scoop that, that their registration is open, so you can start making your plans to go camping with a bunch of freedom lovers. I was registering people at the Liberty Forum for Porkfest, so um, yes. you know, I, I registered quite a few there. Yeah, so I think the price did go up a little bit. So if you get your tickets online, just be aware of that. But it's still extremely affordable. Yeah, Something yeah, like 30 like bucks for the whole week. Yeah, <laughs> minimal. Let's go to the phones. We've got Ed in Tennessee waiting on the line. Ed, talk to me. <laughs> How the First Amendment radio hosts this evening. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> hey, uh, I got a question for you. Sure. Why do men have nipples? Why do men have nipples? That's a wonderful question. Uh, you know, they don't produce milk, but they sure can be fun sometimes. <laughs> Why do you think men have nipples, better, Mark? Uh, I, I, well, you know, Conan in the, uh, the 80s didn't have nipples uh, in the comic book. They just wouldn't draw them on. So, I mean, you know. Really? Yeah. Was that for some political reason? Like, did they think it was obscene? I think or... that yeah, there was this uh, there's this comic code out there that uh, previously existed. It doesn't exist anymore. Um, it, it it came about in the late 40s and early 50s when uh, you know they were upset uh, because every generation has its own thing that it gets whipped up about. 
Sure. Now they're whipped up about violent video games driving the young people crazy. When I was a kid, it was rap it was music. <laughs> when, I, when I was a kid, it was rap music and uh, no, not rap music, uh, rock and roll music and Dungeons and Dragons. Uh-huh. Um, and in this time period, it was comic books called like Weird Tales and Crypt of Horror and stuff like that. And they didn't. Parents didn't like. Uh, I mean, there's literally uh, testimony before Congress from this guy named North, Mister North, talking about wow. uh, you know how these lurid colors draw kids in and turn them into you know homicidal maniacs or whatever and so it seemed very ludicrous but it seems like a little bit of an exaggeration (laughs) the comic industry decided to self-regulate in order to prevent uh you know regulation from the government and it they got very very soft for a a while it's a voluntary self-regulation right you either you regulate yourselves or we're going to do it for you that's what the that's what the state says that kind of thing just like the movie industry so ed i heard that you wanted you had something you wanted to say about breastfeeding is that right well, I just don't mention the nipples. When he asked me what I want to talk about, I could I was running around, had him on speakerphone. I That's see. The first thing I thought of. It was the but in also, in to talk about the nipples. Sure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, uh, the violent video game influence really that can be debunked by the uh, FBI's own numbers. The the kids are so much less violent today. Huh. They get along so much better. Like you're saying, the younger people accept, you know. People being gay, they're more, uh, they're not as prejudiced or mm-hmm. xenophobic. So yeah. really, they're a whole lot better off. So to me, that totally debunks that. And I'm not saying it doesn't influence some, but you know, I wonder. You know, I wonder um, about the. I, I'm not entirely convinced that violent video games do not train people in any way, shape, or form to kill. I know the military uses them um, in order to, you know, train in some way or another. I don't think that you see a lot of violent crime coming from people you know i mean there were claims in the past oh yeah i learned it on from boys in the hood or but how much of that was people who were violent to begin with and then they gravitated Uh, toward video games that were that way absolutely to me it seems like there's at least some evidence that you know poor childhoods where there's serious abuse going on contributes to people becoming like homicidal or committing very violent crimes. And I think as time goes on, parenting practices are getting way more peaceful with each generation. And so I, I, I wonder if that has something to do with it. Ed? Hey, Stephanie, you're right, too, though, because mm-hmm. all the studies show fewer kids are getting spanked now. But yeah. you know, what, what race do you think uh, gets the most spankings or does the most spankings and whippings? I would say that uh, uh, black people do. You're right, Mark. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've hey, looked at Stephanie, I've looked. Here's one of the main reasons why I called. You know, the before you go on, uh, you, you know, when once you because of the American culture today, you can't just say black people do and then not say anything else after it. Um, I've looked deeply into this spanking issue, um, you know, because I was I'm I'm still I'm I'm still not entirely convinced that uh, you know that spanking is. Like one spanking in a child's lifetime or, you know, a handful or something like that is child abuse. But I do know that child abuse and traumatic childhoods create violent, poorly adjusted people. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that absolutely the culture, there there is a culture within – because I I don't know. You just can't say black people do this. They don't because, you know, there's all different kinds of black people all over. But um, if you were to – if you decide to use that – you know, race as a segregation of people, and then you say, "Well, what do these people do that are of this race?" More black people spank than um, you know. And other and what races. do you think is that correlated with like socioeconomic status, or like I don't what? Know. What do you think the reason? Yeah, Ed, do you have I a do you have a reason? Is. I think it is Stephanie. The uh, poverty poisons the brain, as they say. You know, pregnant women in 
in poverty, uh, they have a lot of, we got stressed hormones, mm-hmm. and it does affect the child. Hey, hey Stephanie, but huh. uh, one of the reasons why I called, you remember the little girls I told you I, I used to babysit? Yes. Remember that story? But fill in our hey, listeners on it, because they, they may not be familiar. Well, I don't want to get, I, anyway, I used to just watch my uh, my son's half-sisters. Uh-huh. Sometime, you know, one was five and one was eight. But anyway, I want you to, if you would, go to YouTube and type in CCH Fight Dress Code. This is their little sister. Y- y'all all ought to watch that. She's on a little video protesting the dress code. I guess they're school, <laughs> and I ain't even talked to her in a while, so I'm going to try to call her mother tomorrow. I-, I can't wait to talk to her. But you ought to just check her out on this. And, you know, she's just like, I, I think she's probably about 11 or 12. Uh-huh. And but, she, uh, anyway, she's protesting so a dress code at a school? Yeah, yeah. The, a lot of, yeah, schools around here have dress codes. Yikes. Remember I told you that yeah. they want them all to look look the same? Yeah, um, yeah. It's another way of breeding conformity, I think. Right. Well, well. The like I said, the the other side says, or, or one side said, it it doesn't show the uh, poverty uh, wealth gap. Is you know because you know a lot of some kids have money in the public schools, and some some can barely get there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said, you know, poverty. Yeah. But then you force, uh, force them to buy uniforms that they wouldn't otherwise right. buy. And then what are they? Are they going to wear the uniform all day? Right. And then the uniform, if they do wear it all day to go play, then the uniforms get damaged. And so then they can't have good uniforms to wear to school. And it's not like the kids never see each other outside of school. They would know what's up if they see each other. Right. Uh, you know, I just feel like if I've got to pay for the school, that I should be able to decide how I dress my kid um, when I send them there. Or the kid should decide how they dress themselves. Right. Well, the, the kid can decide that when they um, when they pay for their own close and thank you for your thoughts tonight i do appreciate that you know and back to the back to the whole race and spanking thing i mean i suppose that like i i don't want anyone to misunderstand and and think that ed was maybe saying that you know it's some ed's totally against spanking sure yeah yeah many times absolutely um but you know, uh, I don't, it's such a it's such a difficult problem, and it's so multifaceted. Race and spanking are both minefields, and then you put them together, you've got yourself a real uh, problem. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I, I hope that as time goes on, like we said, parenting continues to get more peaceful, right? And that everybody has sort of equality of opportunity that enables them to have better lives. Sounds good. Eight five five four fifty free. You can get your call in, but you can have to do it quick. Eight five five four fifty free. It's free talk live. There's more coming up. Become a free talk live amplifier for just three dollars per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Welcome back to Free Talk Live. This is the live Sunday edition, and you're listening to the last segment of the show. There is still time for your calls, but you're going to have to make them quickly if you want to get them in at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. That is the SACL CAI call-in number. And with you, it's Stephanie. And Mark. And let's go right into the phone calls, Mark. We have one waiting for us. Ty in Tennessee wants to talk about a paradigm shift. And Ty, are you with us? Yes, I am. I just wanted to uh, to chime in. I just got to speak to the podcast from last night, and uh, mm-hmm. Mark and Ann were talking to a caller about uh, 
how a paradigm shift is needed for lasting change to happen in society. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that I think that's absolutely correct. I think before. Uh, do you mean in terms of changes for Ty? Do you mean in terms of for liberty, like a a paradigm shift? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The caller was calling in and saying something to the effect of, you know, what are we going to do? And you know, every everybody who believes strongly in the ideas of liberty. Uh, you know the the ideas that people sh- that peaceful people do not aggress upon other people. Then, you know they they say next to themselves they see it all this aggression going on in the world. Well, what do we do about it? And the only solution I've been able to find is the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. But you know we were talking to him about it. Go on, Ty. Yeah, I just think that um, I've got this idea that keeps coming up coming to my mind that what needs to be reached is just a certain number, what I call a critical mass of, of hearts and minds have to change and, and come upon these ideas and actually take them, you know, into, them, into their heart uh, mm. before lasting change really occurs. Uh, you know, Victor Hugo famously said, and is often misquoted, but he said, nothing can stop an idea whose time has come. You know, sure. uh, one of the points that was made last night was that, you know, if or when the federal government goes poof and disappears, most likely something else will come up in its place. It'll be more like a revolution than an, than an evolution. Unless and the I ideas are in be, place, right, that people yeah, have evolved beyond unless that. Unless people have decided that enough is enough. And I really honestly don't think America as a nation, you know, which is a mythical thing anyway, is ready for that. Because no. if they were ready for that, I think that Ron Paul would be so far ahead that, you know, nobody else would even come close. So I really don't think that the United States is there as yet. And it probably will take a collapse before anything happens. You guys out there in New Hampshire, I think, are, are making some good positive changes. And maybe you guys will point the way and show the way when when this collapse happens. I don't know if it's going to be my lifetime or anything, but I'm, well, I I'm do feel sure it's going I, to happen. Ty, I do feel more secure being around a community of people who have, you know, basic values in common with me, right? Like valuing human liberty, essentially. Maybe we yeah, can just, network uh, together. Anyway, I just, so when you move it, Ty? I in on that. <laughs> well, I, I would love to move, but, you know, it's the usual thing, uh, being able to sustain myself and then family obligations. I'm, yep. I may actually be moving out of the country before I would move up to New Hampshire, but uh, that's another long story. And uh, where would you go if you left the U.S.? I'd like to ask people that question. Uh, the Philippines. Huh. Okay. Huh. Is it because of more freedom or because of a personal uh, reason? It's because of a personal reason, because of the, the people I love that are there. Okay. Okay. There you go. All right, Ty, is, did you, know, you have any final thoughts? No, I just think, I just wanted to, you know, bring up that point that it's, we have to reach a critical mass, and you guys are doing the right thing. There's a lot of good liberty education going on out there. It's actually a very exciting time for liberty, because I think we are building toward that critical mass. But I just don't think we're quite there yet, but I'm pretty positive it's going to happen. I just don't know how long it'll happen. Just like I think the, the collapse of the U.S. federal government is inevitable. Oh, yeah, it's I inevitable. And, and and the idea of volunteerism is also inevitable. We are moving toward it. Sometimes th- we you know take three steps forward and two steps back, yep. but the progress is being made. 
Ty, thank you so much for your thoughts. I feel inspired now. <laughs> I absolutely agree. Um, you right. know, he should be a motivational speaker. When you look at the, um, you know, when you look at the course of human events, yep, you know, there are times when liberty is stifled, but over time, you know, slavery is a concept now that you know I'm talking about sort of the owning of other people by yeah. people, yeah. by individuals. You know, it's just it, it, it's so out of fashion that no one would even think about it. It you know there are places in the world where slavery does exist still, but well, and some people draw parallels between the way that governments treat their subjects as like sort of like serfdom or absolutely slavery. governments yeah. believe that they own you. Um, yeah. You know, they believe that they own the people inside of their uh, their their arbitrary little but, borders. But you're right, Mark ideas have progressed to the point where we are sort of getting more freedom in our lives and the state can only stop so much when we can free our minds, right? Indeed. I mean, the, 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 the state is, to some extent, a uh, you know, it's, it's sort of this, to, to some extent, it is what the the body public thinks it it tends to move along more slowly yeah you look at things like behind. marijuana decriminalization and and gay marriage and stuff like that and you can see that you know when when ideas come it takes a little while for the uh the the oldsters in um you know that, wor- that work i, I for think the it's whatever to... the most authoritarian elements in society can can sort of get away with i don't mm. know agreed yeah, yeah <laughs> certainly so this judge Yeah. Back to the gay judge who refused to marry straight people. Uh, Here's a quote from her. She says, it's kind of oxymoronic for me to perform ceremonies that can't be performed for me. So I'm not going to do it. Parker, the the judge, tells the Dallas Voice, the uh, Texas Committee on Judicial Ethics describes officiating at weddings as a discretionary function. So that that must not interfere with mandatory judicial duties. So Parker, who was elected in 2010, can't be accused of shirking her duties. So she has discretion about whether she marries people. Oh, well, no. then uh, then if, if the, that's what the government says, then that's what I'm fine with it. I changed my opinion. completely. So whatever the law you. says, it's OK. Yeah. Well, I'm, that what is that's the job that she took. Uh-huh. And she is she's willing to enforce this uh, upon other people. I get where she's coming from, and I support. If if you're willing to be fired over this issue, and you think it's important, I think it's important it too. Yeah. And you know, I'm I'm going to trumpet it, and 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 I'm glad. But you know, if if the if if the government gave her discretion, and she's using discretion, fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I I wonder. People talk about activist judges, right? As far right? as I'm concerned, these people should have to stick by the crap that they write down. They write it down for you and I, and they expect us to stick by it, even if we can't possibly know what it says. Well, certainly, But then they want to do whatever they want to do, and that's what really bothers me. Yeah, yeah. The double... I, th- I think not many people like double standards, especially when they're really obvious and in their faces. And especially in Keene lately, it, it really does seem like there's one set of rules for the government workers and another set of rules for everybody else, right? I think it precisely, yeah. That's that, that's exactly what it's like. And I think it's that way all around. Um, you know, just f- fewer people get to see it in their day-to-day lives. Yeah, unless they try to do something like bring a camera into the courtroom or something like that. But then they're known as a troublemaker, right? They're just pushing buttons. Does happen, um, you know. They're I mean, asking for it. I, I think that, you know, when, when most people, if they want to bring some recording device into a uh, you know government building or something like that, they probably won't be bothered at all. It's when the bureaucrats see enough of them, they're like, I don't like this. Let's make a rule, and that's when they, you know, when they begin to crack down. And that's what's happened here in Keene. Yeah. Now, what do you think that? Since you've been here in this area, Mark, I'm I'm going to ask you kind of a difficult question as, as we come up on the end of the show here. But do you think that there's been more freedom or less freedom in Keene or about the same since you've been here? 
I don't know. Um, I think it's very difficult to say. Mm-hmm. You know, early on there were problems with cameras in the courtroom. Uh, there are cameras, you know, problems with cameras in the courtroom now. I think that uh, you know, civil disobedience has brought some uh, you know interest into this area. I, you know, I think that to some extent the outside the system activists and the civil disobedience have uh, you know stepped on their uh, their own stepped in it themselves by creating animosity within the public. I don't know how they could go about um, you know not having done that in every way, but I've made some suggestions and you know uh, whatever. Some sometimes they're interested in them, sometimes they're not. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they tell me to do it, and I'm like, I don't have the problems you have. You know, my life's fine. So you know. I, I, I'm not entirely sure, Burn. you know, what the, what the um, the answers are. A lot of people don't like the political process, but the political process, yeah. you know, the the free staters that are involved in it have had a lot of success. They've uh, shown some freedom around knives. They've uh, stopped a great deal of tyrannical bills that are intended to go through, and they've cut I, I the budget. To, I have to be completely honest, and I'm just being as honest as I can. I I haven't seen like. Huge successes on on either front. Honestly. Well, it's not you're, the, the the from the political. I don't process, think the knife thing is a huge success. It's I not mean, a huge it's, success. It's great, but it's not it's a fine. huge success. It's not. It, it's not. And remember that you're going to see a lot more success in the area of stopping things. Everybody else's government has grown, and everybody else's state government is in the hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Hampshire isn't New Hampshire in the hole too. Uh, New Hampshire's uh, basically maybe we're less. There's a twelve percent <laughs> cut in the budget, um, and the intent was to be you know flat even. I think that there's some problems with it, but you know that's one year. All right, interesting discussion. We will pick it up next Sunday, and you can visit us online over at freetalklive.com. This has been Stephanie and Mark, and thank you for listening. Have a great night. <laughs> <laughs> 